Episode 75, Big Thick Energy. Introducing Michael Comas on the BTS Creative Academy podcast, Uncut. With me, your host, Martin Colton. So, Mike. Let's get to it. Michael. So. Big Mike. Big Mike. Yeah, how yeah. are we doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Thanks yeah. for having me. That's that's quite all right. Thank you for thank you for joining me on the uh, the BTS Creative Academy podcast. Yeah. Uh, we're in the episodes in the 70s now. I know. I've been I've been seeing. Uh, I've been following on Instagram, just like chipping in every now and then. I, yeah. was, I was listening to Sean's episode this morning. Yeah, mutual friend. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Obviously, Sean was like, yo. When I saw him do it, I was just like. This is something that I'd like to get into. I've done, I've, ne- I've never done like an official podcast before. One of my really good mates, instantly, he's also called Mike. Uh, he has something called the Don't Be Mike Show, and I did mm-hmm. that like way back in lockdown. Okay. But since then, we both kind of just deviated from career-wise. Uh, I don't think he's still running the show anymore because like his career's just taken off, mm-hmm. influencer-wise. Um, but yeah, when I spoke to Sean about it, he was just like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll speak to Mike," and obviously, like. Yeah, now we're here. So yeah, yeah and good check, to be here. checked out your your social media up to some some really interesting things. Yeah, I do a bit of this and that. A bit of this and that. I asked you recently to describe yourself in three words, and what did I get? Actor, eater, lifter. You did. <laughs> that was in, a, that was in a three words. I was I was gonna say big thick energy, but mm-hmm. do you know what? Like that that all started, and I, the amount of like ridicule I get sometimes for that it's just like oh, you're just trying to be funny with the obvious pun there and mm-hmm. I was just like well yeah I am but at the same time like it, it started I, I'll tell you this like I came out of a, a bad breakup a couple of years back and um my initial like like handle on Instagram was just my name like, as most people have mm-hmm. and it got to a point where like obviously working in the industry like sometimes you just want something snappy that's gonna you can just say to someone if they want to find you yes yeah because you'll be networking quite a lot won't you exactly yeah and um i thought about it and i remember i was at uh, a crossfit competition once and a friend of mine she's a very talented lifter she threw like some mental weight up in a competition and just out of nowhere i just screamed yeah that's that big thick energy and i was like hang on a second that's, that's that's a bit of me that that's me and then i typed it into the insta and i was just like there's no way someone's not already cottoned onto this mm-hmm. and then believe it or not like no one had so then i just kind of took it and i was like i've always been the big guy i've always been the one that's kind of stuck out like even at school like, i got bullied for being my size being like hairy as i am and stuff mm-hmm. obviously like having like more body hair than the average 12 year old when <laughs> when you're in school like yeah, kids yeah. kids can get like shitty oh, they could, yeah i know kids they can, can be kids horrible can, kids can be horrible yeah but it's going to be the worst. Oh, dude, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, eventually I was like, you know what? Big Thick Energy, like, it's just be be yourself, be the best, like, positive influence of yourself you can. Mm-hmm. Obviously the thickness, because, you know, I'm a big guy and, like, I kind of own that. And then the energy, just bring bring positivity and, you know, bring happiness in everything you can do and just try and influence that on others. Like, be happy for your friends. Like, be be happy for people that are, are doing things that are, are good for people and good for themselves. Like, too, there's too much, like, people that hate on other people's success yeah there's a um, lot of ne- there's a lot of negativity out there on the internet and um i like to think i'm trying to find a little corner of the of the of the social media of the internet that's f- for good vibes yeah the positive vibes 100%. you know uh spreading what people do out there shining a light on your your talents and what i really want to kind of get to the bottom of with you is i look at some of the things that you do your, your weightlifting and your your fitness yeah and but you're also an actor as well, yeah. And you're a rapper. Accent, I was listening to your rap. music today, 
And I was like, where do all these things kind of, where do they meet, you know? Do you know what? That's a really great question. And to be honest, I think it's just from growing up as a kid, like I went to private school, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And um, it was like quite far away from my house. And like, I didn't really like connect up because when you're like, you know, like 10, nine, nine, 10 years old, like you make mates, but like, you don't really, you can't really do anything. Like now, like I can't just be like, yo, let's go to the pub. Do you know what I mean? Like I can do that with my friends now. I'm 30 years old. Like mm -hmm. I can, I can go out and drive, and I'm independent. And but at the same time, when you're a kid, like you, you only really have what you're confined to, unless your mum can take you somewhere. Do you know, yes, do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, I think just from being really young, I've always been into performing. I've always been into film, TV. So back at school, was you performing? Was you back doing? at school? Yeah. So <clears throat> primary school, not so much, because I don't think I don't think anyone really knows what they want in primary school. No, you just kind of follow when you're young, that age. You're kind of just doing just what you're told, aren't you? Exactly. And so, some yeah. kids are a little bit rebellious, and some <clears throat> people are, you know, maybe a bit sheepish. And we're all, you know, but it comes a point like when you're in your teens, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Where you start to go, who who am I? Exactly. Yeah. And it, I think it was I think year seven. So like what I must ten, eleven years old. Mm -hmm. I I could sing, so I was like in the choir and stuff when I was a kid. Never really had singing lessons or anything like that. But um, the the head of drama, I'm assuming like my parents on my application, like because you got they sell yourselves in it when you're trying to apply for a new secondary school. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, Mike's done this, he's done this, he plays the piano, he was violin, whatever, whatever. And it was like the drama teacher at the time came and spoke to me and was just like, "We want you to be in a school musical. Like, want you just audition?" Mm -hmm. And like me, I was like, "Nah, that's, that's <laughs> not a bit of me, man. I'm just trying to keep my head down." Just, yeah. yeah. I tell the truth, I wanted to play professional basketball. Mm -hmm. that, that was my life up until, you know, I was about 17, 18. Mm -hmm. And I realised... Have you always been tall then? Have you always been one yeah, of the tall ones? Yeah. Always been the biggest mm -hmm. kid. I think in year seven, I was like 5'11", six foot. Yeah. Huge. Um, <laughs> obviously now, like, obviously I've grown up playing ball as well. And mm -hmm. with kids, like, there's kids at like 13 that are like seven foot now. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy. What were they put in the water? Like, there's something going on, isn't yeah, there? Bro. Like, I don't know what it is, but I don't know, something Yeah, is. like my son's in, he's, he's six foot five, I think he is. Yeah, it's like yeah. me, man. I'm six, <laughs> like, six, so it's crazy. Yeah, how's it, how's it happening? I don't like, know, man, but... There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a long line of tall people on my, on my wife's side. Um, but yeah, he's he's massive. And But there's so many kids that are massive now Literally, compared to what as, they used to be. It's not as like... Like, I stuck out as a kid. Mm. Like, I was the biggest person in, in most of the school in year seven. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas now, that's just, that's not the... That's the norm. Mm. Um but yeah, like I finally like got convinced and I was just like, okay, yeah, like I'll sing and, and act. And I did drama outside of school anyway, just because my big sister had always done music and theater. And my mum just kind of put us both into drama outside of school. Well, why was she putting you into that? Why was she driving you in that direction? Do you, Do you know what? I think <clears throat> my mum will say this as well. She just always wanted us to have everything like she never got when she right, was okay. younger. Mm -hmm. And obviously like... She was brought up in a different time. You know, my mom's in her 60s now. And bless her, like, when I was younger, she, I remember, like, being dragged around to my sister's like, music shows and all mm -hmm. this and that. And I think she just wanted to give us, like, a fair crack at everything. So, like, I was in football. I was in, she let me into basketball. Like, we went to Greek school, obviously, because, mm -hmm. you know, as a Greek kid, that's just what you do. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think my mom and dad just kind of wanted us to just have every opportunity that, we could and the ones that stuck were the ones that stuck you know i tried millions of things growing up but my sister and me somehow cottoned on to performing right okay. um, my sister's a music teacher drama teacher now uh, mm -hmm. and she's an amy winehouse tribute so i guess realistically that just kind of runs through me and her mm -hmm. god knows where we get it from because mum and dad like they love music but like they can't they're not pitch perfect it sounds like they were like giving that. you the opportunity to find your own way 
literally. Like literally by throwing all that, you know, throwing you in all these directions, they were saying, look, there's all these different possibilities for you. You find out. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. No, you find it, out exactly. which one it is. You know, you pick it and mm. you run with it. And like, I'm 30. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not ashamed to say I still live at home because this economy and the housing market is ridiculous. But they're, they, they're not like pressuring me or anything like that. They've always like respected my career choices. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, you know, like acting, let's be honest, in this country, is not really a stable career. You know, anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. For anyone. Do, like, do you know what I mean? Like, like, I think it's, it's something like 0.1% of actors are employed. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, so, so where are you going to fit in that? <laughs> exactly. And they're so patient with me. Mm -hmm. And like I say, I've got nothing but love for my parents. And re realistically, like they just, like you say, just let you find your own way. So mm -hmm. luckily as a kid, I I cottoned on to that, you know, I used to love to sing, sang in the shower, you know, I used to joke like, if you ain't got a soul if you don't sing in the shower, <laughs> no disrespect to no one that does, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? And um, so yeah, like school obviously started performing in musicals and me being the idiot I was back then, I was just like, yo, this would be a great way to get girls. It's not, by the way, for anyone <laughs> listening. Um, it didn't work. No, nah, it did not work. No, because <laughs> it, it did work for me. Did it? Yeah, it worked for it worked it worked a treat for me actually. Maybe it was just maybe it's, it's just the way I, I guess it, I guess it, I guess timing as well. Yeah. can be can be something. Ah, you know, I was I was like I said, I was an idiot. Yeah, that's school. the only reason I'm still doing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I wouldn't be doing this today if it wasn't for them early days. No, you know, them literally. early because I didn't have any interest. I I started off like I was going to go into the army or the RAF. But then I got dragged along to a youth theatre group where right. my mate was the only other boy, 30 girls. And it was That's like, what you think. You're like, hey, there's a lot yeah. of girls here. Maybe I can yeah. make this work. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll act and, you know, there's love scenes that like you're doing mm -hmm. like amateur, amateur shit when you're a kid. You're just yeah, like, sure. oh, Shakespeare, Romeo, Juliet. <laughs> Bang, I'm in. But, <laughs> but yeah. it didn't work out like that. No, nah, it weren't. It weren't like, if anything, no. it went the other way. I just got ridiculed. Right, um, okay. <laughs> like, I got beat up at school. I was just like, yeah. yeah. Like you said, like you say, kids are horrible, aren't they? Yeah, they kids, are. Yeah. But you know what? Like without without those people, mm -hmm. like to to you know mold me into whoever I was, it I wouldn't be here. Do you know what I mean? Like if I didn't have to um, overcome like adversity, like I'm not saying I've had to overcome anything massive, massive in my no, life. No, but it's but, but it's the time when you're when you're setting your foundations for who you are. Like I said, in your teenagers, you're discovering who you are. Literally everything. And if you're getting that that attack from those kids. That's going to affect who you're becoming, isn't it? A hundred percent. And then you've got a choice to make. Exactly. And luckily for me, like I, I thank myself that I stuck through everything that kind of all the pitfalls back then. Because you know, like it, it was already enough that I was bigger than everyone else, hairier than everyone else, and just I stuck out. Add like I didn't really play football much because I was I wasn't good at it. Um, so I found I really found my niche with basketball when I started secondary school. Mm -hmm. Started playing for a team, and then that's where my love for that like developed. And um, obviously, like being a kid in the UK that likes rap music and loves American culture, loves playing basketball, and not really into football, and doesn't really conform to the usual like boy stereotypes. You know, I sang. Like, yeah. It wasn't until like Zac Efron came along in High School Musical and made that call. That, <laughs> yeah, that he could do basketball could, and sing. Do you know what I mean? This <laughs> yeah. is it. So literally, yeah. like I got I got beat up for stuff like that. And like I say, being mm -hmm. different was different. But I, I never I never faltered and I never steered the other way. Don't get me wrong. Like I took a brief detour thinking I was going to make the NBA. But when I realised I weren't getting to seven foot, I just kind of let that go. Mm -hmm. And um, don't get me wrong. Like I love what I do now because of the people I meet, because of what confidence like it's given me. And like, I'm very open about mental health and I never shy away from the topic because I think personally as a bloke as well, the more of us that speak about it quite candidly, mm -hmm. the more people it's gonna, you know, hopefully help. 
Yes, yeah. and I'm not ashamed to say like I self-harmed for years like I'm very vocal about that on my social media as well because mm -hmm. the way I see it like if someone sees that and it's just like you know what Mike's such a charismatic person he's like he's full of this he's you know he's big thick energy like if he can struggle why, why can't I and still do the things I'm doing and like I take that from like Biggie Smalls my favourite rap album of all time is Ready to Die and you think this is a guy that was like on top of the world like mm -hmm pinnacle and will probably go down as one of the greatest rap artists of all time and yet his debut album was called ready to die this guy was literally like and who knows how he was actually feeling mm -hmm. but when you got songs like suicidal thoughts on your album and things like that it blew my mind kind of saved my life in a way because i was like you know what if he could go through this and be biggie smalls mm -hmm. why, why can't i I'm going to tread quite sensitively here. It's uh, this is a subject subject that's uh, quite close to my heart as well. Not because I've self harmed, but because someone that I love has self harmed. So I'm still trying to discover what it what it is um, and and how we overcome it. I'm still in that still in that process. So it's great to to chat to you and and like you say, hear from you, someone that's gone through that and and overcome it. Have yeah. you, are you on the other side of that now? Would you um, say? Um, how many years am I? I think I'm coming up to nearly eight years without self-harming. Mm -hmm. um, I usually post it like online every year and people probably just get tired of it and I'm no stranger to to being open about it because like you say, like there's people out there that don't really know how to handle it. And like me trying to tell my parents was the hardest thing. Mm -hmm. And it's it's hard for, you know, I could imagine a parent to hear, you know, their, their kids <laughs> doing this to themselves and, mm -hmm. and not Heartbreaking. really Heartbreaking. Yeah, it's horrible. And mm -hmm. that's even worse for for you as the, the person doing it to yourself because you don't want to hurt the people around you. Yeah. And and you know what? I'm going to take it back to when you said yeah. you've got amazing parents. Yeah. You know, you you, lo you, you love your parents. Of course, of course. You know, so the, the link there between the harm that you've, you've caused yourself. Yeah and your parents isn't necessarily one and the same? No, nah, of course not. And I feel for me, it was like, when I was going through my worst times, like university realistically was when I was like a mess, mm -hmm. you know, just an absolute mess. Um, when I was going through that- Is that where still, it started? I'd say it started probably just a couple of years before uni. So we're talking around probably about 17, 16, 17 is when I first like self-harmed, mm -hmm. like, like purposely, cause like, for me, like, it was never, it was never I wanted to die. Like, I, I don't know why, I, I never wanted to. Don't get me wrong, I felt like sometimes, yeah, I just don't want to be here, I'd be better off. But it was more the case of, I want to hurt myself because I feel bad for the transgressions or whatever I built up in my head that I'd done to p other people. Do you know what I mean? And I, realistically, I wasn't doing anything. You know, it was just a case of young love went going wrong, getting bullied at school and thinking, why am I different? Maybe I shouldn't be like this. And that's when I started to self-harm. And like... I'm quite open about it because I feel like if you can get to that and see like people that have gone through it, like I say, it's, it's hard for people to deal with. And I always promise myself, look, if I ever get to a thousand days without self-harming, I tell my parents, overcome it. And I remember telling my mom, she just broke down, bless her, because she was like, I just don't want to lose you. You know, my mom, like, you know, it's a typical Mediterranean woman, like very emotional, <laughs> you know, everything, everything's a bit drama, but yeah. that's why we love, that's why we love her. Um, <laughs> But like, obviously her hearing that, like I'm a baby as well. She yeah. never fails to remind people, you know, six foot six and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm the youngest one. So obviously like, mm. it's, it's heartbreaking for her to hear. And obviously for me to see that, like it was horrible having to tell her, mm. but am I glad I did? Yes, because now they're, both my parents and my sister are very understanding and they're very in check with how sometimes I may just not want to be spoken to. 
And don't get me wrong, like, yeah, I still live at home and it's hard and don't get me wrong, it's, I, I'd love to move out one day, but I'm, I'm grateful that even in their house, I still have my own space and my own time to reflect and, mm-hmm. like, I'm 30 years old, like, I'm not, I'm not kidding anymore. But they're very understanding with, like, everything I do work-wise mm-hmm. and supporting me mentally and physically, like, they're just, they're just there. They're just good people. And like, I can't, nice. I can't thank them enough for everything they have done for me and will probably continue to do for me for the next couple of years. Because eventually, like, I always say, like, manifest it. When I get to where I want to get to, if I get famous, if I become the greatest ever, like, that's just, it's going straight back to them, man. Like, it's paying mm-hmm. them back. That's, that's the goal. Do you think they want paying back? I mean, they joke all the time. It's like, hurry up, <laughs> hurry up and get famous, Mike. Like, I want to retire. Get, get, get me that house. Yeah, get, straight up. <laughs> get me that car, son. <laughs> my dad's just like, hurry up, just pay my, pay my mortgage off, man. But uh, in all seriousness, no. But I don't, I don't think they like take. It. I don't think they take for nothing. I'm no. sure. I'm sure my parents would be happy that I'm just around and just loving life. It's mm. The same as my sister. Like, like we're all just you know one big family because we're we're still really close as a family. Like my sister, yeah. she she lives there. She's only a couple minutes down the road, but we still do stuff together. Like we're, we're really like, clo- I mean, I think as being a Greek Cypriot, like that's just one of the things you get taught as a kid. Family. Yeah, just family values. Like I was always around cousins. It's like, mm-hmm. I go back to primary school. I didn't have many friend friends. All my mates were my cousins, my godbrother, you know, things like that. So it's always been quite tight knit. And don't get me wrong. There's been times in my life where I haven't been the person they deserve because I've been shitting myself. And I haven't felt the need to, I've been selfish because of how I was feeling. And, you know, if I was depressed or if I was going through something and it hurts, but, you know, it's something that you have to actively work on when you're, mm. and I mean, I can look back and say that, say this now, because like I said, I'm seven years about self-harming. I'm in mm. a particularly good place in my life and I can't really complain, but I do appreciate that I still have bad days. Mm-hmm. I can preach all this positive stuff, but don't get me wrong. Sometimes at the end of the week, I'm like, yo, do I, do I deserve all how, this? How or? do I keep doing it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah? How do I keep the positive? Exactly. And mm-hmm. it's hard. And so how do, you, how do you, from having been in those dark places, how do you start to turn it around? Initially for me, it was writing lyrics. And it's not something I ever, I ever wanted to really do. Like, I used to just love singing. Like, uh, you know, I love singing, love rap music. And I started writing rap lyrics when I was... I'd say around the same time, you know, 17, 18, just coming out of GCSEs into sixth form. And mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, I look back now at some of the stuff I've written and obviously like, <laughs> doesn't rhyme or anything. But, but does it matter? Nah, of course not. Does it matter? It was, it was just venting mm-hmm. and it was a way of, it was a way of me almost like taking my mind off the pain or wanting me to do something stupid for, for however long it was. And like, I'm lucky to have a piano at the house so I can sit there and write. But even when I went off to uni and I was going through my tough times, I was still writing every day. Don't get me wrong, the subject matter wasn't particularly cheery. Mm-hmm. But, you know. The, again, does that matter? Of but if, course if, not. If, if there's something in you that needs to get out, then isn't that a great way to let it out? 100%. Because I'm, I'm guessing, again, tell me if I'm wrong, no, but doing the self-harming is because you're trying to ha- find a release? Yeah, exactly. Is that right? No, 100%. That's mm-hmm. for me anyway, because I know there's probably a lot of people that aren't like that. But... For me, it was, it was like I said, I never wanted to die. I just wanted to, I just wanted to hurt myself. Yeah, and I guess that you, you had that bad dark time when you was bullied at school. Yeah. And so that probably built up and then there was probably some other things going on in your life as well to add yeah. to that. Of course, man. Like yeah. young, young love's always a pain. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> as, yeah. As everyone I'm sure will go mm-hmm. through and everyone's probably got kids that have been through it and whatever. Yeah. But 
for me, like I took I took my early relationships like in way too deep, and you know I didn't. No one teaches you how to be in a relationship, do they? No, like, no. you don't. You don't get taught how to love. But mm -hmm. what I perceived or my perception of being in a relationship or or being in love was obviously just not working for the certain persons I was with. And obviously, mm -hmm. I took it to heart. And realistically, I had people around me like, "Why well, we love you and all this, and you're a great person and everything." But I think it come from me writing those lyrics down and me venting kind of did me a massive favor. I, I always say like, like cliche, but like hip hop saved my life because in a way it did, mm. you know, there's lyrics I look back on now and even like I can pen these words and think to myself, like if I didn't write the way I was feeling, it's for damn sure that evening I'd have taken a razor blade to myself again. Mm -hmm. And it, it's like, why, where, where I'm at now, I can say I can look back quite easily and looking back on those years, I feel like, like I say, if it weren't for those times where I could just sit at the piano and write a love song or write how I was feeling or write something bad or whatever it was, like whatever was up here, I could put to pen and paper and it kind of stopped me wanting to hurt myself because the feelings are out. It's no different to having a therapy session, you know? It's mm -hmm. no different to me and you sitting here right now just chopping it chat, up. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like that growing up, you know, led me to to where the, the fitness and the lifting came into it and the whole mm -hmm. CrossFit became a massive part of my life. And now, like, that has almost taken over, you know, without without my fitness, you know, I wouldn't be here. Because again, it was another dark period of my life. I'd just come out of uni, I was the heaviest weight I'd ever been, mm -hmm. like just out of shape. And don't get me wrong, I've always been active. You know, I've been in and out of the gym for years, but I was playing basketball from 10 years old and I still play at the moment. So, you know, it's it's one of those things I was I wasn't like stranger to the gym, but when I found when I fell into CrossFit, and obviously I, I was uh, listening to what Sean said about it, because obviously we work out at the same gym and part of the same family and stuff. But when uh when he was chatting about it and obviously you were saying like it's like a massive community. You you build those relationships in CrossFit and then like I'm not an advocate for it or like I, ain't, I have no stake in it or anything <laughs> like that, but the same as what Sean said. He was like, I, you know, I, I'm not getting, I'm yeah. not, I'm not promoting it, but, but I love it. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. I want, I want others to know that I love it. 100. percent And what is it about it that you love? For me, it was just the fact that, and this sounds stupid because I joke about it all the time. <laughs> I say, I say like regular people go to the gym to get healthy. I say mm -hmm. I go to the gym so I don't help myself. Like I go to the gym so I don't self harm mm -hmm. because I, the, the great pain I take from working out substitutes everything else but obviously as as now as like you know I'm a bit more mature with my head and mm -hmm. I'm a bit on top of it I literally want to keep with CrossFit because CrossFit's definition officially I'm gonna get a bit technical here but it's constantly varied functional movement performed at a high intensity so basically like you don't know what could be happening any day any workout could hit you differently and you're constantly moving and doing totally different things and I've learned things about my myself that I don't think I'd have just got out of going to the regular gym. And don't get me wrong, there's periods of time where I can't stand CrossFit and I just lose motivation and I just want to go back to like just deadlifting three times mm -hmm. a week. Um, but I always find myself coming back to CrossFit. It's a bit more so now that I'm also a qualified coach okay. and I coach at uh, another gym in Royston. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like, so that gives you that extra drive to you keep yourself fit, so you, definitely. you know, to show yourself as a professional. Of course, so others listen to you. Exactly, because you're, you know, you're teaching this movement mm -hmm. to people that most of whom are complete beginners, and despite like 
a lot of us at, at CrossFit 424, where, where I train, we're all quite experienced, but we still have new people that come in and, you know, it's like they're, they're seeing what we all saw for the first time, you know, a bunch of shirtless people mm-hmm. like, throwing weights around and dropping bars and there's yeah, chalk yeah. and there's people flying on gymnastic rigs and mm-hmm. handstanding and it's, 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 it's a lot to look at when you first yeah, walk into a CrossFit gym. Yeah, it is. And it's quite intimidating, isn't it? Very it's quite intimidating so. as well if you look at the room. Like sometimes you look at the stuff on social media and you're like, oh, these people look fit. How am I going to join? Yeah. Like, have you seen this guy? How, where am I going to fit in there just for the way that I look? You exactly. Know? Where, yeah. So how do does someone new come to that then? How does someone new take, have that courage to walk in that door? I think it all starts with the community and the coaches that teach them. Because for me, myself, like I was lucky enough to, so the guy that got me into CrossFit was a friend of mine who I'd known for several years, who was the, one of the PTs at the gym that I worked out at when I came out of uni. And he was like, you know what? I was, I say I was the heaviest I'd ever been. Like, I'd been out of touch with the gym for years. I was lifeguarding at the pool there just as a summer job. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I got to use the gym and stuff. And he was like, yo, try these workouts, see how they go. And obviously he'd just check in every now and then. Little did I know back then it was CrossFit. And I lost God knows how much weight in one summer mm-hmm. and like literally like changed the way I look like completely. I basically what is it about like, CrossFit that's different to the other types of fitness workouts? Like you say, just going to the gym, <coughs> just doing a few routines, just doing a few sets. Why is it different? Personally, for me, I believe it's the fact that most people that go to a regular gym, unless they're paying for a program themselves or because to be fair with the upgrowth of social media and personal trainers online now you mm-hmm. can you can actively get people that will write your program for you but when i first started like around 2016 2017 there weren't really much of a social media presence let alone no. people that would do it for you mm-hmm. and obviously you know when you're like in your 20s you, you haven't got the money to pay for a pt you know and i feel like with crossfit you sign up but i can justify the expense because it's not it's not cheap but you're basically, you have a coach in every class, you have the workout written on the board every single day. So it doesn't matter if you train at 6 a.m., if you train at 6 p.m., all the people at that gym that day are doing the same workout. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes almost like a little internal competition with like the other people in the box, it's a bit healthy. Because you're building a community there of people, aren't you? Exactly. This is what Sean was telling me, like everyone, you're a little family. Yeah, You're it, working, it it, rather than going to the gym as an individual or just with that, just that PT, you're going with a group, a community of people that, you're all kicking towards something, aren't you? A hundred percent. And obviously it's like everyone supports everyone as well. Mm. Like, you know, there's no shade or anything like that. It's nothing, there's obviously banter and stuff, but like if anyone new, like even comes into the gym, like you just, you just gather around them like the same way you would. Like, like obviously I met Sean and Lisa through, through CrossFit and Sean's become one of my closest mates. And like, we've only really known each other like two, three years. Yeah. So it's mad how like some of my best friends now, my, my best friends, you know, are my CrossFit mates. Why do you think that is? I just think you see someone five, six times a week and you, you sweat and throw a bunch of chalk around with them and then go for yeah. a beer afterwards. You're, you're going to get, get tight with people. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like those who have suffered together kind of stick together. And like I said, like, if it was me just going to a regular gym now, I think I'd just be bored because, don't get me wrong, as a coach, I know how to program for myself. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same. Once you've trained in a community like CrossFit, and you then try and train on your own. Like at the moment, I've got a bit of an injury, so I'm having to like scale some stuff back and mm-hmm. train on my own. And it is, it is 
hella frustrating. It's hard now. It sucks. Mm. I'm getting older as well, so things just aren't. I can't just be like, yeah, I'll be you fine. Get, how old are you? You said 30. 30. Yeah, you're not old, Jay. Oh, bro, <laughs> I feel old. old. This, no, is, this no. is what's messed up. No, you got no idea. I'm, like, I'm not 10 years on you, mate. You've got no idea. <laughs> See, you, look, you look good as well, man. So that's if I, if I can get to that and then oh, I'm, I'm still kicking, that's all good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I, I take more pride in my movement now as well, mm-hmm. which is something I'd never believe I'd say. But when, when I was younger, I'd be like, yeah. Like I can I can take some pre workout and just power through and I'll go to bed later and I'll be fine. Yeah. But now like I'm having to actually like think a lot more, especially since I coach well, a lot about more. the food. Is it about nutrition? Yeah, food yeah. has always been my my kryptonite, as it were, just because you know like I, I told you like three words to describe me: actor, lifter, eater. Yeah, yeah. Like I I, I like food, man. <laughs> and it is, it is hard. It, and it's it, food. The thing with food <coughs> is, it, I see it as like a, an addiction that you can't stop. Yeah. Because like it is, it, it, you gotta have it every day. Oh, you do. Yeah, because exactly. Like, and that and that healthy stuff just isn't as as nice. And no one it? wants to eat you salad know? like full time. No. And no one for me like tracking calories. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, like I know how to do it and I know why I should do it. Yeah, but it's, it's the pain boring. of my life. It it's sucks. boring. It it's, sucks. Yeah. I'm lucky. When I'm on it, I'm on it. Mm. And I can eat the same thing whenever I need to. I can hit this goal. When does it work goal. for you? Honestly, it depends. Mm-hmm. Like at the moment, I'm struggling just because, like, so about two years ago, uh, around Christmas time, I usually, like, I'm pretty good throughout the year. And then around Christmas, I take, like, two weeks off. I call it fat boy season. <laughs> just because I eat wherever I want, however I want, and I just enjoy myself. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I took that a bit far. <laughs> and I lost a bit of motivation. I think what we're talking. So start of last year, basically. So Christmas 22 mm-hmm. is when like it kind of started. And then I didn't really stop until like after my 30th birthday in like May last year. So <laughs> it'd been like six months. This is posted my usual like two, three weeks. Yeah, yeah. And I got back up to like my heaviest weight again. And obviously that was mad for me. And I was like, put it in perspective. I was 123 kilos. I can't work that out in stone, unfortunately. So sorry for anyone listening out there. Just Google it. But <laughs> I got from 123, like Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. I think by May, I was like 148. So that's, that's like 25 or so kilos, like chunked on. And don't get me wrong, compared to how I was back in like 2016 at 147, 148, mm-hmm. I look totally different now. But... I could still feel it in myself and like, I don't, I didn't like the look of myself and I got back on it. Last year I dropped 14 kilos. So like I was back to where my danger weight usually is around 135. Mm-hmm. And now like I'm probably sitting after Christmas about 138, 139. So my goal for this year is to get back under 130. So the, the benefits to the body are quite clear. What about for the benefits to the mind? Man, like, it all just comes, I, I want to take you back to what you said about someone stepping into a CrossFit gym and it being intimidating. And then mm-hmm. you looking at all the people online on social media, like looking jacked and looking like chiseled, like they're from Mount Olympus or something. Mm-hmm. This ties back to my whole big, thick energy thing. Because if someone like me can do it, you know, with a little bit of extra timber and let something wrong, I ain't got a six pack. Like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll openly admit that. And you know, I'm a bit chunky and that's all good. But this is what big, thick energy is. If, someone that looks like me can do it, then there's no reason that you should feel bad about someone that has like a six pack and who's walking on their hands and you see it on CrossFit all the time. They all look fit. Like even like the people that are marketed for like the 90 and 80, 85 year olds that work out, they still look in shape. They do, yeah. They look jacked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And (laughs) And I guess with the advertising, you kind of, there is an element of you do want to show how good you could be. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but then that becomes, I think for some people, intimidating. The, the beauty of CrossFit for me is that anything can be scaled back. 
and like, like I said, it doesn't matter if you're just starting or if you're an experienced lifter or you've been doing it your whole life. Anything can kind of be taken back to like its bare minimum mm. and you can still perform functionally. So for the mind, for me, still being able to move and work out every day, don't get me wrong, it's, it's a blessing that I'm, I have access to all these gyms and everything in my life. But for my, my mental health, it's so important because without it, I'd be lost. It literally is like that hour and a half a day that takes away from any BS that might be going on in my life or in my head. Mm -hmm. Even like days like last week, I had a terrible day, man. Even the gym weren't working for me and I just had a bad day and I just wrote it off. I was like, you know what? Even if I had a bad training session today, mm -hmm. I still did something. There's a really great, great quote from this guy called John Wellborn who runs a, a company called Power Athlete. Um, and they're, they're not really CrossFit, but they do a lot of CrossFit principles. They're mainly like an NFL, like S&C kind of company. Um, but I'm paraphrasing here. But he says something like, you can shovel dirt every day. It doesn't matter if you're using a spoon or like a, a bulldozer. Like you're still shoveling dirt. That's, that's, that's all it matters. So it doesn't matter if like you have a bad day in the gym. You're still in the gym. It doesn't matter if you haven't hit your step count. It doesn't matter if you ate that cheeseburger at lunch with the office. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? If you, if you had a Five Guys or a Nando's instead of eating a salad. Yeah. Like, as long as you're doing something every day, for me, anyway, that is, that is enough to satisfy my head. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, I'm also very hypocritical because I'm terrible at taking my own advice. So I'll, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I feel crap today, man. Well, like, being a human's hard work. So I wouldn't say hypocritical. We have tough, we have tough moments, don't exactly. we? Exactly. You know, any, anyone that says they don't is lying. It's like they're lying. Yeah. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> they're lying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, and I think there was a little period in history where people started showing off a little bit about how wonderful things were. Yeah. Um, I think maybe social media did that, you know, like. Do you know what? I still think it's, it's kind it's of a still thing. there. I think social media is mm. brilliant for, for putting out positivity and everything, but there is a lot on social media that we don't see behind the scenes, you know, mm -hmm. people, because people only want to post the good stuff. Yeah, people yeah. don't want to see bad stuff. And there's they. a lot of attention seeking. There's a lot. Yeah. And I was watching, do you know what? And I don't really watch Love Island, but I was, my mum had it on the other night and I was doing some work on my laptop. And um, I saw like the new, I don't really know what's going on, but I think it's like a group of all stars that come in. So it's like all the people right. from like previous series is, mm -hmm. have now all jumped into the villa. And um, I'm thinking to myself, all these guys are like jacked, chiseled. All look perfect. Yeah, in it. All yeah, good looking yeah. people. And yeah. I was thinking to myself, like, no disrespect. Like, that's how they're, that, you know, they've done well. Like, their mm -hmm. bodies look great. But I was thinking to myself, I'd love to see someone like, a bit like me in there. Like, a bit of timber, like, a lot mm -hmm. of body hair. Normal. Yeah. No, you know, just, just a regular like, looking bloke, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'd love to see that. I'd, yeah. I'd watch that Love Island. Yeah. Because I just want to be like how like normal people are. Like, kind of how like Big Brother was back in the day. Could have mm -hmm. just been anyone in it. Like they they had like people with crazy backstories and people who were just normal. Yeah, and it, it just people being genuine, and authentic, and literally, yeah, rather than hiding behind all that makeup and, and for you can you see I think you get to a point where maybe it entertains and it looks appealing at first. Yeah, but then I think after a while you see through it, don't you? Scratch the surface, like yeah, peel the onion. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, especially I think when you're young. You look at that and go, oh, there is. You can strive for perfection and get it because they've got it. Of course. But then, like you say, you peel the onion and you realise. Is everything sweet? Mm. Do you know what I mean? And like your your business is out in the press. And this is one of the main things like people say to me when like I were, I'm like, because don't get me wrong, since the, I can, since the day before forever, I've told myself, yeah, I'm going to be famous. But Why is that? I've always, I think, just been in the career mindset of like, I wanted to play in the NBA. 
yeah, I wanted to, you know, I was a kid, I was eight, nine years old watching <laughs> watching Alan Iverson and Shaquille O'Neal just ball out, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day. And I was like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to have cars and I want to have a big house and all, all of this. But as I got older, that kind of changed. It was like, now I want to be famous so I can influence the world in a positive way. And this might sound cliche as hell, but personally for me, when people ask me what, why do I keep going with the acting and why don't I just get a nine to five and why don't I get like a solid job in a bank or something? Or why didn't I pick that that career path? Mm-hmm. For me, it was like, I, I want to be famous, but I don't want to be famous for like cars and money anymore, you know? Cause like, like, like any idiot can have cars and money. Let's be honest, you know, like you can make money however you want to make it. But for me, it was like, if I can spread a message to the world that you can still struggle and still just be genuine, why, why, what, who's there to say that like, I can't do it? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I want to be able to really advocate for mental health because I don't think it's done enough, especially like in today's world. And don't get me wrong, it's getting better, but mental health as a whole, like, doesn't matter, like men, women, whoever, like, however you identify, there's a lot of shit that people don't see. And I'd love to be able to just support that a lot more. Don't get me wrong, it sounds weird that I say I need to be famous to do that. I don't because I do it already. You know, I post about it and mm-hmm. I'm quite positive on my page about being open and stuff. But you always want to get to that point where like, I want to love what I do for a living and do it full time. Mm-hmm. So as long as I can do that, I'll be happy. If the rest of the stuff comes with it, if the money, the house and all that comes with it, then great. But realistically, like, I think if I could choose, I'd kind of be like how how some like underground rappers are these days. Like how J. Cole just became like one of the greatest rappers of all time. But unless he drops a song, you know nothing about the guy. Mm-hmm. Like you literally, like it was he was doing a candid interview just like we are right now. He was doing a, I think it was a podcast or something. And the guy that he knew the guy obviously that was interviewing him. And he was like, Obviously, you just got married and how's that working out for you? And then the crowd like starts murmuring. And he was just like, oh, did I just reveal that you got married and had a kid? And he was just like, yeah, man. Everyone starts cheering. But like, low-key, that's kind of how I always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Still be like, well enough off to like provide for my family and, you know, be able to help my parents out and be able to take my mom on holiday and, you know, have wife, kids, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But realistically, like, for me, it was all about just doing what I love for a living. If that gets me to being famous, then great. If it doesn't, then... I'm still doing what I love for a living. That's my next question. So this, this look, uh, I hope you do get your passions and, and follow your dreams. But let's say, what happens if you don't? What does that, what does that look? How do you still do what you want to do? How do you still do your art and spread your message? Personally, for me, it's no different to how I am right now. Because realistically, like, you know, I'm 30 years old. I still live at home. Most people, my generation, you know, like, there's been that pressure of like 30, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if it was the same for you growing oh, up. As well. it, was, it was always there, but I think the thing that's different right now is yes, you're 30, but I'm not looking at you going, ah, oh, you're still at home. I'm looking at you going, it's a struggle for all 30 year olds. Of course. It's a struggle to rent for anyone right now. To exactly. buy a home, it's just it's just impossible, it is, isn't it? it? Is, it yeah, is the world is, the world's a bit fucked right now. Yeah, With you know, the, the I think the social promise has been broken. You know, that, bit, you, yeah. that you work hard, you'll get money, you'll be able to put food on the table, you'll be able to get a roof over your head, get a car. Do you know all that stuff that you used to be able to do? Yeah. It doesn't work now. The, the dream's kind of like been sold mm. and now like, people ain't buying it. So. Yeah, so I don't, look at, I don't look at you and go, you've not succeeded. No, I neither, see, neither do I. You know, you're living, you and me, we're living in a really difficult time. 
Exactly. Yeah. And for me, like I say, it's it's no different to how I am now because like, yeah, if I get to where I get to, great. You know, I'll have I'll have money, whatever, whatever. It's, mm-hmm. it's cool. I'll be famous. I'll be able to influence stuff. And I'll be I guess that's it. The having the voice that you can influence. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But at the moment, I'm I'm doing just fine, man. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm happy enough. Like you know, I have got good family, good people around me. You know, it's it's no different to like I always say like I'm I'm not at my lowest. I'm definitely not at my highest. You know. But at the same time, like I'm good because I'm working. I got a roof over my head, people that love me, mm-hmm. and realistically, it's no different to say say like I don't I don't get to where I want to get to, or I only have like I don't know one TV role and then that's it, and I'm mm-hmm. done, or something happens to me, God forbid, you know, and that's it. Yeah, like we don't know how long we got to here. This exactly, yeah. you know, I'll still be preaching the same stuff I'm preaching now. Like mm-hmm. I'm still gonna be open, and if anyone wants to chat about their mental health with me or chop it up or yeah. do something like this, you know, it's. I'm going to be no different. And I've pride myself on that my whole life. You know, back to, throw back to when I was getting bullied at school. Mm-hmm. Getting bullied didn't make me want to stop singing, you know? Didn't make me want to stop being in the musicals at school. I was glad I did because if I don't do that and don't go through that back then, I ain't what I am now. So realistically, I think if you break that down, like you said to me, what happens if that don't work out? If it don't work out, as long as I'm happy and healthy, as long as the people around me are still good, as long as I'm surrounding myself with good people and good vibes, mm-hmm. Can't ask for much more than that, man. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. That's that. really nice. So let's go back to the positive side of it. So yeah. let's go back to what the future looks like with what you want to do. What does it look like? How does it, how, what are you going to achieve? You know what? Last year was my busiest year to date, luckily with the acting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I used to work in retail, like all of us did. You know, I had a side hustle, everything, everything. I kind of stopped all that in 2019. And 2019 summertime uh, was when I was like, right, if I'm going to give it a shot, I've got, I've got this drama degree. I've just had like a sticky three years, but honestly, some mm. of the best years of my life. Like despite how hard uni was, I made some of my best mates for life. I had really good times and I learned a hell of a lot about myself. Mm-hmm. So really, I don't, I don't look back on that as a bad experience. Um, yeah, 2019, I committed to like acting full time. <laughs> and I was just like, right, I'm gonna just do it. And luckily for me, as soon as I came out of uni, I managed to get myself on Spotlight because my old like outside of school drama teacher had an agency that she still ran for the kids that she taught. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them would be in like the West End stuff and they'd get recruited from that. So Spotlight for those outside, so we do have some listeners outside the UK yeah. now. Oh really? Congrats. Yeah. No, that's yeah. great. Man. So that's for, that, for anyone that doesn't, and outside of the industry, what is really what is Spotlight and why is that important? So Spotlight, um, how can I dumb this down a little bit? Basically, it's like a big catalogue of all the actors in the UK that obviously pay and have the membership for it. I think it's like something, I think I pay like... A couple of 200 pounds a year. 200 pounds a year right now. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm paying. Uh, Basically, that is like a big catalogue, a big directory of every performer in the UK um, who agents and producers and directors, casting directors can all look at that and you can post your credits. It can post like basically your stats. Mm -hmm. It's like if you ever see like the uh, tail of the tape before a boxing match, how many, what the record is, how many credits they've been in, what they've been in. Kind of like IMDB, but a bit more old fashioned. Yeah, And you're not seen in the UK, you're not seen as a professional without it. Exactly. Which yeah. is which is really, you know, mm. shit. It <laughs> is. Cause I, I, I feel that. I feel, you know, I've been through a time recently where money's been tight. Yeah, of course. And I've been like, I can't afford that this year. But then if, if I don't pay it, then I'm not going to have them opportunities for work. But... £200 is a lot of money it's to, a lot to, to swing pay out. When, yeah. you know, you're just starting out. And obviously, mm. like I say, I got really lucky because I managed to get on there because I had an agent. And obviously it was my old drama teacher who, mm. you know, said, yeah, I'll put you on my books. Don't get me wrong. 
this was like 2015 when I graduated. So by that time, 2015 to 2019, fast forward, they had, she had shut the agency down. And I had like a couple of jobs here and there, but nothing dramatic. And uh, it wasn't until 2019 where like, I finally was a bit more in shape and progressing with my health and my fitness and stuff. And I looked better as a person, mm -hmm. got some headshots done. And I basically just started emailing, doing the rounds for agents I just Googled. And I managed to get myself an interview with my agent, with my current, one of my current agents. And they took me on luckily. And then from there, it just kind of started to build. Don't get me wrong, slowly, slowly at first, because I was an unknown actor at what, 20, however old I was, 25, 26 back in 2019. Mm -hmm. And um, I managed to score myself a job on the West End doing like an immersive theater show. Long story short, that kind of went to crap because- What we, was that show? It's called Variant 31 and it lasted all of about 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. Basically, the, the guy, like, I ain't going to name names, but like the guy that produced it mm -hmm. sold us the dream and it was supposed to be the next big thing in London. And you know how they've got like uh, like Monopoly life-sized and all these like new immersive yes, yeah, shows yeah. that are like coming onto the, mm -hmm. the West End now? It was supposed to be like that. It was kind of like playing zombies like Quasar, effectively. So like we were like scare actors mm -hmm. in, in a nutshell. But unfortunately, we all got kind of taken for a ride. And we and that is the, the big danger in the industry, isn't it? There's a lot of people 100%. being taken advantage of. A hundred percent. And it was me back then being just the person I was and naive to the industry. I was like, yeah, it's a job. Just, just stick it out and we'll see what happens. Hmm. Um, but unfortunately to me, it wasn't uh, an equity contract that we signed. Equity, I'll explain. Equity is the actors union in the UK. So I'm sure many people have heard about the SAG after strikes that were going on last yes, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, equity is our version, our version. Yeah, yeah exactly and they're all like connected together mm -hmm. so obviously equity eventually got involved and sorted it out and we got lawyers involved and we had a case and we won some of the money back but realistically it was like the cost of like a pair of trainers mm -hmm. so from I guess in the entertainment industry there's a lot of people taking risks oh, yeah. and then there's a lot yeah a lot of risks and a lot of people taking advantage as well and so it is a it is a tough tough industry to get into isn't it it is I agree but I think you gotta be mentally tough to do it. And I'm not saying I'm not saying anyone who isn't or feels like they aren't should shy away from it because for me, like, and this is to paraphrase Will Smith, my life is a cage, but on stage I'm free. You know, for me it just works. Like this I feel most at home when I'm performing. When I'm when I'm acting, when I'm singing, when I'm on stage just or in front of a camera, I just I feel that's like most natural part of Mike. I'm just even though I'm, I'm playing someone different. <laughs> no. But that's that's where I'm like happy, you know, I love it. And for me, it's such a, a big passion. And like I say, like when I started out, I had basically next to nothing. You know, I was still at home, just like working here and there and doing what I could. And like I say, I get this show on the West End, then it all goes to shit. But I met some people through that who then got me another side gig. Um, is a some nightclub work in London, doing some immersive stuff again, but it's like quite a big nightclub in London. But um, mm -hmm. what nightclub's that? Circle Soir. Okay, did I see you're still doing stuff there? I am, every you're now doing, and then. Every yeah. now and then you're doing stuff. I'm not doing it as much anymore because I won't lie, the hours just kind of get to you. When you're working that time of night, like you have to be like in a certain state of mind. What kind of performance work. is that? Because I've seen some really interesting... <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, don't you? I've seen some really <laughs> interesting... Exactly <laughs> really interesting photos. I was like, oh, oh, my, oh this looks fun. Put it this way, for anyone out there, right? Unless you go yourself, I'm not going to reveal too much, right. but you just got to open it with an... You just got to go in with an open mind. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing extreme going on, mm -hmm. but those who know about Cirque know about Cirque. And it's not to say that it's a bad part of the industry. If anything, it's one of the best parts of the industry because you can be yourself, you can be open, and it's it's just showing off. But it ain't everyone's cup of tea. Tell me more. I'm like I'm really like inquisitive about this. Tell so, me more. Like that. It's, it's a regular nightclub, right? The twist is you've got immersive actors and dancers who are you know scantily clad, or stuff goes on. You've got 
sex toys and whatever else flying right. about the place. And it's surplus soir, circus of the night. Right. You know, so imagine that kind of action. It's mm -hmm. just, it's a bit kooky. It's a bit weird. There's another club called The Box, which does similar sort of things. And I think with the industry and, you know, like you've got sex work and OnlyFans becoming such a massive part of the industry now. I think it's great because get your money, <laughs> you know, like it's a hustle. It's a hustle. You, you've mm -hmm. kind of got to do what you got to do. And obviously, like we don't go fully nude or anything like that. But, you know, we're dressed a bit risque and... <laughs> Things are what they are. But for me, like... Mm -hmm. you're, you're there as an entertainer. Exactly. I'm yeah. there to work, man. And it's mm -hmm. not like... It's not like we're all sleeping together after the show. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Most of us are going home or most of them are married or with boyfriends or girlfriends, um, myself included. And it's like... It's like just going home and cracking on with whatever you've got to do the next day. You know, yeah. a lot that of That was your performance that night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was work. Work's done. Go home, wake up, go to another side hustle or another job the next day. Mm -hmm. So luckily, like, I found myself into that. And it's been a really good way to, you know, not only the people do I work with are amazing. Like, they're just, I love my castmates up there. But it's just, it scratches an itch of performing when you don't have anything like, you know, cause not everyone's going to score that commercial. Not everyone's going to be on TV straight away. Mm -hmm. And this is still a way of performing in London, one of the biggest cities in the world, one of the biggest clubs in the world. And apart, the only thing I'll say about it, apart from the hours and it can get on top of you, mm -hmm. other than that, it's, it's great if you're that way inclined. Some people, yeah, it's not for everyone. And I totally understand that and appreciate that. But for me, just doing my job and having that to go back to when I need to go back to it, yeah, it's nice. It's good to have. Yeah. Luckily now, I can pull it back a little bit and I haven't got to work these late nights anymore because of how much I've come with the CrossFit coaching. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's becoming a bit more of a staple in my life. And I've had loads of jobs from, I used to work the door. Um, one of my best mates runs a landscaping firm. So I did that for a couple of years. Um, but yeah, I mean... So these, the reason for these side hustles, I'm guessing, is so it can it can give you these opportunities to be the performer that you really are. Exactly. To be yourself. 100%. Because, mm. you, you know, this, you hear stories all the time back in the day, like, yeah, I was a waiter for ages and then uh, my screenplay got sold. Mm -hmm. You know, people have always had to hustle. Yeah. And that's not just in our industry. You know, that's in any industry you can. Like, if you want to make that extra money on the side, like, if you want to sell on Vinted or, you know, do what you can, it's it's a hustle and everyone kind of has to, to fight for that. For me though, I'm quite lucky where, like I say, last year was my busiest year to date. I shot a few commercials um, and mainly- One like, with Vinnie Jones I saw. Yeah, so yeah. it was for a video game called World of Tanks, right. which to be honest, I, I'd heard of, I think like Arnold Schwarzenegger did a campaign for them a mm -hmm. couple, couple years back and that was literally my only knowledge. But I had a great shoot for that. That was like a week down in Bournemouth um, or around Bournemouth, that kind of area. We were in this massive house and yeah, I got to meet Vinnie Jones, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, like that was one of my big jobs last year. Um, I shot a couple other commercials too. I can't actually say anything about yet, but they are coming out soon. Um, and what else did I do? Oh, I did one for Yorkshire Tea right at the start of the year. So that was my first like big job of the year and mm -hmm. like my first like paid commercial. So that was exciting for me. And then after that, my spotlight kind of, I guess, got a bit more traction. And Because um, once you've got a few commercials on there, other commercial agents are keen on you. Exactly. Other casting directors are like, oh, he's got a particular look that works well in this exactly this place. That's yeah. it. And for me, don't get me wrong, like I usually get casters, heavy security guards, gangsters, mobsters. But I, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't. That pays the bills, so it doesn't doesn't bother me. Like, yeah. I'd love to branch out eventually and mm -hmm. and get into other stuff and you know have leading roles and things like this, of course. But 
realistically, like, I just love, I love being on set, man. Yeah. I love doing it. And the people I meet as well, like the amount of people I've met and have made friends with, like from that first job where, you know, I got mugged off, I met people through that who are still my friends to this day. Um, I know a couple of stunt guys, like one of my friends is a really talented stunt guy. He's done some work on like Fast and Furious, mm-hmm. Ant-Man, like crazy stuff with like Marvel. And you think from like where we were back then, he was training to be a stunty. Obviously, we were all kind of fresh. And now he's like, he's doing like yeah. king shit. The and networking it's, it's awesome. and the, 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 the friendships are really important within this career and industry. hundred percent. Mm. Like it's, if anything, one of the most important things. This is where the, the good side of social media comes in. And this is where the whole having to say something snappy to people, what's your handle? Big, thick energy. Oh, okay, cool. And even that's a conversation starter. It's like, why that? What then, is it? Yeah. yeah and then exactly. goes, yeah. It's like, well, there you go. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's what it is. It even led me to, to try and like <laughs> create the same kind of energy with a fitness account as well on my Instagram. And I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not as active in there as I'd like to be, but I'll tell you the truth. The, the only reason I created that one was because my regular Insta got hacked a couple of years ago. And I took that personally, man. I took that to heart. Because mm-hmm. I was like, me being the idiot I was, like, I didn't have any security or anything turned on. Because, you know, we're just, until it happens to you, you don't, you don't think, yeah, I'll be fine. Um, but then when it did, I was gutted, man, because I had like nearly 2,000 followers. And don't get me yeah, wrong, yeah. that's not breaking records. But still, for me, that was, that was massive. Yeah, it, t- it takes work building, building yeah. up a following on social media. And like, I was gutted. And some people, like, some of my non industry mates were just like, dude, it's okay. It's just an Instagram. I was like, no, but it's not. It's a brand. Mm. It's like, it's two years. It's, it's however many years of, of work I'm putting in. And, yeah, yeah. Like since well, I'm doing that right now with this, and I'd be heartbroken if, you know, I feel like um, I feel like I'm doing a creative thing on social media with this. Definitely. I'm a creator of. Do we call it a creator, like a museum carer? I feel like I'm a creator <laughs> of like conversations right now. Yeah, yeah. And I hear that. And and I got a format, and I got a, I got a thing that I'm doing. And if something came along and destroyed that, yeah, I'd be uh, upset. Yeah, you'd be you'd be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it, honestly, when it happened, like it was well weird. It was such a surreal experience that going that whole like three, four weeks, I went through it. Mm. I talk about it now, I can laugh about it. But like, I remember I was on a night out with my, some of my CrossFit friends, my gym mates, and um, I got this random text. And bearing in mind, I, I was a couple of whiskeys in at this point, a couple of beers right, okay, in. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm having a great night. It's the summer, you know. It's 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 all good. And then I get this random text, and it was like, hey, I was just like, all right. And I'm thinking it, it could be someone who's got my number from my mate or it could just be someone's number. I think I just changed my phone as well. So I think I could, it could have been anyone. Right. So I was just like, hey, who's this? And then literally it was, they said some, some random name, I can't remember the name, but it was like, do you want your Instagram account back? And then from that moment, you know when like, you kind of have that switch and you're just like. So you're oh, being held to ransom. Bro. Yeah. This was surreal. I was like, nah, this is, this is some Black Mirror shit. Like, <laughs> I was like, what's going on? And I was just like, as soon as that, text came in one of my best mates shout out my mate Curtis one of my best mates texted me was like bro your insta's been hacked and I was just like ah come mm. on because I'd seen it been happening like throughout like that that time of year recently and like some mm. other people had been hacked and I was like oh, it'd be cool when I got hacked I was like damn and at first Instagram support was terrible mm. because like they make you go through this and this and eventually like it works so I, like, I can't I can't shade them too much but Basically, you have to submit like a video of yourself. And if anyone has ever been hacked, you'll notice. You have to submit like a video of yourself. But the problem is if you ran like, I don't know, if you've got like a, a gardening business or a, a builder's business or, so, or a chef's business, anything that hasn't got your face mm. on your profile, you try and verify it, you, it's, there's nothing to verify. You know, one of my best mates recently had his account hacked last year and he, uh, 
he literally had his kids and his wife on there. He didn't really post himself much. So there was nothing really to go off. I joked. I was yeah, there's not much. Of, so now you're panicking me. Because <laughs> yeah. there's not much of me on Yeah, but like, I still feel like, like with you, when you have the clips up and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, there are some. There it's, are some You can still see your face, you know. So yeah, like, yeah. I think it's still good. So you're getting a, hu a human being checks it and it's not all automatic? <sighs> I don't know. Right, I, okay. I, I, I hope somewhere <laughs> in wherever the hell the head office is in yeah, yeah. the US, some human is like, yeah, that's your face, that's your face, that's that's all good. Well, it's partly like, this is partly the thing of why I'm doing it on so many different social media platforms. Like, I'm, with this, I'm on, it goes on everything. Yeah. It doesn't go, it goes on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, threads, TikTok, yeah. Snapchat, the Pinterest, whole, the whole, the whole lot. Like, 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 I guess for me, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, spread these put these conversations out there into the world why do they need to just be in one corner of the internet agreed no, you know it's, it's um true. and a protection thing as well that if one if one platform goes down you've still got i've still got all the others exactly um Absolutely. and like stranger things have happened like facebook oh, could just disappear could just one day die. yeah you know? could just be like yeah you know what now i'm done yeah and turns <laughs> it off and, <laughs> and just he's like yeah boom, yeah like, and then so that's your work gone exactly yeah and that because like think because like what Facebook owns, like Meta, whatever yes, it is yeah, now. Yeah. Like, that's that's a lot. Even WhatsApp. Yeah. Like, yeah, so that's Facebook, WhatsApp, Threads, Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Elon's got Twitter, what, well, X. Yeah. yeah. And again, with him, you could you could be putting all the stuff on there. He, so. he could do whatever he wants, basically. Yeah. <laughs> he could tell us what to do something, we'd all have to do it. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. that's how crazy it is. Yeah. But literally, like, I felt, I felt robbed of something. I felt sick. But luckily, like, praise to God, whatever mythical service was out there, I got my account back and it, nice. weren't, it weren't that deep. Mm -hmm. But leading me back to my original point, that's a hella digression, apologies. <laughs> but that's the beauty of these conversations, exactly. though, but we find out stuff within them digressions, don't this, we? This is what I love about just mm. candid chats with people and just chopping yeah, it up. Yeah. And this is why I was, like, really excited to come do this because yeah, nice. I know me as a person, I could talk for hours and hours. Mm -hmm. um, and it, you can, it can lead you literally anywhere. My, my best friend from, like, day one, like, me and him, the basis of our relationship is just chatting crap with each other. Yeah, yeah. I think most relationships are. There's so much value in having a conversation, isn't there? Definitely. Yeah. And I think I think taking it back to the, like, the mental health thing, Yeah. Th that, that sitting down and having that one-on-one -on -one moment with someone yeah. is a really nice thing. And I don't think we do it enough <sighs> anymore. I, I agree, man. I think quintessentially, for me, because I'll be open about this, I never went to therapy when I was struggling with myself. Mm. I don't know why. Because me, me at this age now, I've actually finally... Because it's one of my biggest fears. I don't know why. It just is. Going to therapy. Yeah, yeah. Like actually okay. having to sit down and face everything. And I've had people say it works for them. Some people say it doesn't. And for me, I think when I was younger, like I just found solace in talking to people about stuff. And don't get me wrong, that's, that's an unfair pressure to put on my mates. But realistically, they're your mates. That's why they're there, right? Like mm -hmm. I'd, I'd be no different if they came to me with an issue. or And like I say, now... I'm really lucky to have like family, friends, and you know people around me who, who will listen and will be there. You know, if like, oh mate, let's just go for a beer. I'm having a rough time at the moment. But back then, like, I didn't, I didn't want to go out of therapy, and it was offered to me by tutors, by you know, like the university council and everything. And mm -hmm. shout out my uni, like you know, they they did what they could. But I just I don't know whether it was like a pride thing, like I just wanted to kind of get through it on my own. Yeah. But now, as I'm like, you know, like, like I say, and turning thirty was weird for me because like. I was a mess at 21. 
you know, and that was the the last big age milestone mm-hmm. I had. And there's so, and like you said before, there's social pressures. Of course. Yeah. So you put that on yourself. You're like, what should I have achieved? What should I have achieved by now? Exactly. You have the yeah. list, right? Like, oh yeah, like when because when you're a kid, you're an idiot. Like mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, I'll be. Oh, I, mean, I thought I'd have it all figured out by oh, thirty, and bro. if I didn't, I'd also had a backup. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, exactly. I, exactly. Like, I was like, oh, like if I, if I don't become if I don't become the famous actor by thirty, I'm gonna go and join the police force, and like, yeah, yeah. Like then I'm gonna have a proper job, and I'm gonna still have the car and the house the family the holidays yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's all all right a boat like, <laughs> yeah, the boat yeah. for me it was like yeah by by 30 i'll be uh i'll be entering like my, i don't know my 20th season in the nba yeah i'd yeah. have just won like my eighth championship with the chicago bulls <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like i've been i'll be moving into like sports broadcasting or something <laughs> just yeah yeah like, the, the, even the backup plan sounds beautiful yeah do you know it? what i'm saying but then you get there and i think this is the case for 99 percent of us you get there and it, it ain't all it like, ain't what yeah. it was promised no. by like my youngest if like if like ten year old Mike could write me a letter mm. back then and be like this is where you'll be at uh, like and thirty year old Mike would ring ten year old Mike and be like you my friend were wrong <laughs> but that's not a bad thing that's <laughs> yeah, not a bad thing because where I am at now like I, I love it and this yeah. brings me back to like what we were saying about like what's next for me I I feel like and I've been saying this for a while I don't know what it is. But the way the career for me has gone last year with the acting, mainly the acting, because obviously like, I, I still have passion in music and stuff as well, but acting kind of takes the priority because I'm having more success with it. But for me, I don't know what's coming. I can smell something good. I don't know what it is. I don't know where it's at. I don't know how it's going to come to me. But I feel like finally some of the work I've been putting in is going to lead me to something quite decent next year. I don't know whether that's just me just trying to manifest something, but even if it is, who cares? But realistically like last year was my busiest year to date and i'm just happy to well lucky enough to just still be in the industry and still be working i've got two great agents that that pull for me and still have like still get me work on a regular basis Mm -hmm. like i've obviously got extras work as well so like sa supporting artist work um which is great for experience so good if any actor out there or if you're thinking about the performing arts do not shy away from extras work. They can't, mm-hmm. can't call it that anymore because we're supporting artists, but that's how it's commonly known as an extra. What agencies are you with? Uh, Casting Collective. Same, yeah. Uh, Mad got, Dog. Yeah, Mad Dog Casting. Yeah. Uh, we Got Pop, although I think they've just changed their name to Entertainment Partners mm-hmm. or EP Casting. Um, there's a couple others that escaped me as well, but I've had some of my biggest TV exposure from just extras work yeah because like doing SA stuff you don't know a who you're gonna meet because it's people from all walks of life it mm-hmm. could be like retired people who are just bored and want something creative to do and I think that's great because if they've got to I met my first ever extras gig was back before university it was 2012 and it was the last episode like the one-off special of the IT crowd mm-hmm. and it was um <clears throat> it was uh, the episode where like Moss has to go into a phone booth after buying ladies slacks and he then comes out in his wife runs and stops a mugging of an old woman. Mm-hmm. I was one of the guys mugging the old woman. Obvs. Um, <laughs> but um, that, that old woman that we were robbing, she had been doing like extras work for God knows how many years like after she retired. Mm-hmm. I think she said like her husband died or something, so she just wanted something to get her out of the house. She got into extras work, and then for like, the 20 years of extras she'd been doing, supporting artist work, she'd made something ridiculous, like, like million, mm-hmm. like over that like, career. And I think she'd been in some massive shows, like I think she'd done like some Catherine Cooks and stuff and some other, the, the names escaped me, but she had a mad successful career 
And then I, once I clocked that, I started to see her pop up in stuff. And I was yeah, just yeah. like, right. I do, I do it now. I do, having done extra work on and off for about the last 20 years, yeah. I'll, I'll throw myself into it for a little bit when I need some Because it's good for money. It's great. Exactly. Yeah, um, I always stay on their books to see what, what jobs come up. Because well, you never know. No, um, and I do have stuff. Like I had something recently for Mar an audition for Marvel come up. Sick. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to just to play a character like they want like aliens and just things like that in the background. But, you know, for me, like being a fanboy of comics when I was younger, oh, me too, me too, man. To, to have that opportunity to be in a Marvel film would, that's, you that's, know, it would be would be a, the blessing of that. The, so, but I wouldn't, you wouldn't get that if you weren't with the extras agencies. hundred percent. And yeah. I, I always just going back to the Marvel thing. Like I always joke with like people, like especially the CrossFit coaching, like uh, one of my mates who's, who owns the gym. Mm. I always say to him, he's like, yo, I'm yours as long as Nick Cage, don't, uh, not Nick Cage, as long as Nick Fury don't come calling. Yeah. yeah. Like, as long as Samuel L <laughs> don't come calling or Marvel don't come calling, I'm all yours, man. I'm free that day. Yeah. But if it is, you just got to be ready, drop the hat and go because yeah. like you say, being in a Marvel well, film would you be know, awesome. And I guess that's the thing with having a dream, isn't it? What are you prepared to sacrifice for that dream? So exactly. the, the dream, uh, the dream is the, is the actor, the rapper, the musician, the artist. So what do you sacrifice to get there? I mean, for me, <clears throat> I've always said like, if you're down with me and you're riding with me on the journey, I've got no reason to, to not take you with me, you know? But honestly, it has to be my priority. Like, and I'm lucky enough to, like I say, have family to understand, have friends that understand that sometimes I just have to drop stuff and just go. Luckily, like so far, it hasn't, caused any major clashes like i haven't missed any weddings or or any you hear those sort of stories don't you emma stone there's a she was in an interview saying how she literally missed her best friend's wedding for an audition that she didn't even get exactly but you have to make them choices sometimes don't you exactly and sometimes you just got to throw yourself into it like i'm actually best man for my say my oldest friend in uh this september and i'm kind of joking with him i'm just like if i get that call man You understand, I ain't going to be there, but have I'll pay for the wedding. Have you got a backup? Yes, I mean, <laughs> you're going to have to get one of the other boys to do it, but I'll pay for the wedding. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. I get the job, it's all yours, bro. <laughs> I'll, I'll pay for the car, I'll pay whatever. We'll fly to Vegas, whatever you want. But um, yeah, going back to sacrifices, you're making sacrifices though now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah? definitely. You, um, you live it, you, you know, you, you could go and work in a nine to five 100%. office. I could go make, you know, six yeah. figures. I could go work in a bank. Yeah, and you could go to retail or sales yeah, or something. You, you, could know. Make, you could make 30 to 80K mm. a year. You could go do that because, I like, you know, I've got a degree. I like to think I'm an intelligent person. Yeah. You know, and I think I'd be all right if I threw myself into that. But realistically, the creative in me would go, nah, your brain don't want this. And after mm. six months, you'll be bored. Because that's how it was when I was in retail and in leisure and working the door. And yeah. the first time, you know, it's not until... I like actually managed to get a bit of traction with acting. I was just like, hey, this, this actually might, this could work, <laughs> mm. you know? Because my first couple of jobs, I was like, okay, uh, let's, not, let's not big myself up and let's not get too, too gassed about these things. And I still do it now. I really shouldn't because I should be proud of what I've done. But as being a performer, as I'm sure you know, like we're our biggest critic, right? Yeah, so yeah. We're never happy. We always want to be the next best thing. And like, for example, like I did some background work on the most recent season of Top Boy mm -hmm. and I managed to get a feature which is generally for people that don't know. A feature is when you can, your, your face is seen and it's you. Like, it's not just like, you're just like, I don't know. Not like just a, a shadow or an elbow. Or, yeah, like yeah. A, or, or a dog walker a that just walks past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally. <clears throat> so like I was featured in one of the scenes and obviously it was in a gym and I was bench pressing and the amount of, the amount of like traction 
and like love from my people that I got from that. Like even people that I hadn't spoken to since school. Like I got like a random Facebook DM off, off this girl I went to school with. She was just like, correct me if I'm wrong, but did I see you in Top Boy or does someone like look exactly like you? And I was just like, no, nah, you caught me, man. That's, that's that. And like, that was so surreal for me. I actually got recognized the other day. I was shopping for a shirt, <laughs> just an M&S. And like one of the like attendant guys, because I asked them to get me a bigger size, because obviously you know it's always about the struggle with clothes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was looking for a bigger size, and the guy was like, yeah, "I don't want to be weird or anything, mate, but do you like?" Because I had I've got I went to see a, a Giants live, you know the, the strongman stuff. Oh right, okay. I went to see that uh, back in September with my partner, and um, <laughs> I had the hoodie on, and he was just like, "Do you like lift or like do you compete in like strongman or something?" And I was just like, "I mean, I'd love to, but no." He was just like, why do I feel like I know you from somewhere? I was just like, I've been on TV a couple of times. Like, I'm an actor, so you might have seen me about. And then no sooner had I said that, he literally screamed at me and was like, top boy. I was just like, yeah, man. <laughs> so, How does that feel to get that recognition? Weird. Mm. So weird. Like, because it's the first time, like, because like people have been saying to me my whole life, you look well familiar. But I think it's just to kind of disarm me if I'm on a night out and they see the biggest dude in the room and they're like, don't want any trouble with him. Better not start nothing. Better try and be his friend. Mm -hmm. And I don't know for all my other big guys out there, if you've ever experienced that, I'm sure you have. Like, <laughs> then you don't know what I'm talking about. But yeah, people have been like that my whole life. Just like, yeah, you look well familiar or this. I've seen you from here or from here. And, you know, I guess like 50% of the time, I actually know them or they know me. Mm -hmm. But this kid, obviously never known him from Adam and he was just he was really sweet about it he was like I'm not promised I'm not weird or anything I ain't like a stalker or nothing man like obviously I just really love the show and like I clocked it and I saw you and obviously I see you here today so it's just kind of mad but for me I was like this is this is a bit surreal and obviously like this is what I say to myself like I feel like something could be coming just because don't get me wrong I ain't trying to get like in my own head about it but mm -hmm. realistically in this industry if you don't big yourself up then you're gonna get chewed out and chewed up and spit out because everyone's kind of out for themselves at this point. Yeah. And you've got you, to make your mark, haven't you? Exactly. Yeah. And like we, like you said, going back to, you've got to make sacrifices. I know some people that throw people under the bus to get ahead of stuff. And mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, <laughs> I, I don't ever want to pride myself on doing that because, you know, that, I wouldn't be then true to myself. But you have to make sacrifices. Like you say, like, I could go get a 9-5 job, drive a BMW, drive a Tesla, and just be content and make money and be happy. Yeah, yeah. But for me, A, I know I wouldn't be fulfilled. B, I'd get so bored because my brain doesn't stop and mm -hmm. I need it to be constantly just working and ticking over. And if I was doing something monotonous, like I'd be, I'd just be lost, man. Yeah. And like you say, you have to make sacrifices and, you know, no shade to my car, but I drive like a 0.9 <laughs> Volkswagen up. <laughs> gets you about. Yeah. It gets me from A to B. Yeah. Like, it's like 40 quid to fill the tank yeah. up. And well, maybe this is, just isn't your moment for the car. That's what you I'm know? saying. The moment for the cars next year. Exactly. Yeah, this when you it, get that job when, next year. Exactly. Yeah. This is when it could come. Yeah. So for me, like, I've just always tried to stay like as humble as I can and just mm -hmm. as, as real as I can. And eventually, like, I feel like my karmic slate or, you know, God's plan or whatever you want to call it, whatever your beliefs are, I do truly believe that you do good things and good things will start to come, mm -hmm. you know? And don't get me wrong, like sometimes you just get, you get overnight successes, you know? And you get people that get discovered in an airport or shopping for it's something. It's rare. It's rare, but yeah, it can happen. And a lot of the overnight successes, they look like overnight successes to us, but you don't know the work that's gone gone in behind that. Exactly. I mean, say like, you know, either of us get a job, like, you know, get a call from someone tomorrow mm -hmm. it's like, yo, you're you're gonna be in the new Fast and Furious, or mm -hmm. you're, you're gonna be in the new James Bond. You know, that, that changes your life. Yeah, yeah. But to to everyone else around the world, 
you're an overnight success because you've never been in something of this magnitude before. Mm-hmm. You know, no one knows who you are. You're an unknown. But to us, we've been putting in the work. You know, we've been doing the, yeah. the, the long overnight shoots on background work and extras work. We've been, you know, we've been through the struggle. We've, we've sat when we've had no other job. We've had to go do, you know, work in retail or work in leisure when nothing else was paying the bills. Mm-hmm. And I think some people t- do take that for granted because one of the negative things for me is like when I, I speak to people and they're just like, oh, you're an actor. So what have you been in? I was just like, I don't know if you've ever experienced Oh, that. all my life. Yeah, bro. All my life. Like if it, you, it, it, do you know what I've also found as well as an actor? I'd go to something like a, a barbecue, a yeah. meeting new people, some, some event where you're meeting loads of new people. Yeah. You know you're going to have to chat to people. And I'd often dread that question coming up. So what is it you do? I'm an actor because you know the response. So what have you been in? Oh, well, I haven't been in anything in particular yet because I'm still working on it. You yeah. Know? Like, and, in, and in 20 years of working on it, I'm not giving up. I'm not stopping because I haven't made that been in that big thing. Exactly. You um, know, like I say, like it's, it's horrible because it's like, oh, so what have you been in? And it's just like, hey, like that validates my career. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm from an actor, I'm an actor. You know, I've been paid to be on. And I, I always usually say, oh, nothing you would have probably seen. But since like getting top boy, I was just like, my biggest thing is probably top boy. But I've had a couple of commercials here and there. And, you know, like I say, realistically, I've only been full time. Mm-hmm to it like I guess what we're we now 20 2024 so yeah four or five years yeah so because I, I I don't really count the year of COVID <laughs> no it's like a blip year wasn't yeah, it just, like, yeah it's literally like the, the yeah. way Thanos clicked his hands yeah we just, <laughs> we, we just kind of we just kind of vanished for yeah, a moment yeah straight up like. yeah well we all went we all went through it so like exactly. you know there weren't anyone <clears throat> apart from the it seems to be the, the richer got richer and the poorer got a bit poorer but apart from that everyone else sort of one of the things I saw actually on, on the Instagram, like it was one of the, the nuggets you put up, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And it was about the poster that the government put out about yes, yes. the ballerina mm-hmm. and like going to retrain in a different different field. The value of us as performers wasn't really felt at that time, was it? it? it yeah, mm. it was not. And I still think even to this day, it's still not as valued as it should be. But you, you name me a person throughout lockdown that didn't go through it without a Netflix subscription or... Or Spotify, books, books, and, yeah. art, drawing, you know, some form of creative stimulus. And like, I, I can't lie, COVID made me wild out and do some crazy things myself. But like, I always stood true. I was like, I'm sick of us just not being validated. And this kind of brings me back to like, oh, you're an actor, what you've been in. It doesn't matter, don't worry. <laughs> this is what I do. But luckily, like most of the people I talk to, like not in the industry, when they ask me, they're always kind of fascinated because like, it's not it's not normal to people that aren't around that crowd because mm-hmm. you know like to us like you know essay work and you know <laughs> hearing turnover like a million times from the ad the d- assistant director and you're having, <laughs> having to be quiet in like a green room and sitting yeah. there for 10 hours and then working for 45 minutes sit there for another two work for another hour mm-hmm. you know they're not and, used the, to and the career progression isn't normal as well no. you know like it doesn't mean that you've got one small job and each job's going to get better and better and better like i say i've had 20 20 years of a certain level of type of work and it, you know, it's not going to just jump overnight. No, of course not. You know, believe it or not, you 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 have to work to. Mm-hmm. We have to work extra hard to get where we want to get to. But take it from like most actors that you think like are prominent, you know, big actors, Hollywood actors. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I think I could be wrong. So if if whoever's out there and Samuel L. Jackson listens, but like, <laughs> I think he was in his forties when he scored Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and. 
if I'm not mistaken, I was listening to another podcast, one of my favorite like podcast networks, The Ringer. Right. It's like Bill Simmons, who's a, a really famous sports writer out in the States. And now he runs like, he used to work for like ESPN and stuff, but now he runs like a, a podcast like Network and they cover movies, TV, mainly sport, but like everything from Marvel to the NBA to the NFL to soccer, like mm-hmm. football, you know? Um, but I think he was, I think, I think he had Tarantino on one of his podcasts and apparently Samuel L. Jackson like phoned in his first audition for Pulp Fiction and like half-assed it because apparently the, the role was written for him and he knew that and he was like, yeah, I, I've got this. So apparently he half-assed it. Then uh, Lawrence Fishburne came in and audition and Quint apparently rings up, uh, rings up Samuel L and he's just like, yo, I, I got to give this part to Larry because Larry Fishburne just absolutely killed it. Samuel L. Jackson, apparently the story goes then like begs like Tarantino to like let him audition again and he comes in and completely smacks it and then we got, you know, mm-hmm. English motherfucker, do you speak it? Like that, <laughs> we got that whole, we got that yeah, whole, yeah, yeah. you know, and that sparked off God knows what inspiration for me. That speech was actually my audition speech for uni. Right, okay. So <laughs> I like, I cut the, the breakfast scene into, into a monologue. Nice. And I basically just threatened Brett in the chair. Like, and that's, that's what got me into Do you uni. still remember it? I mean, not the way I cut it, <laughs> but like the path of the righteous man is beset on all sides. Like I, I had to do all of that and stuff. And realistically, I only got to because we only had, I think, when you audition for unis and theatre schools, they give you like two minutes of like a, a monologue. And this one was a, a monologue of my choice. So I think I only had two minutes. So I think I literally got up to the, does he look like a bitch? And then they said time. And that was the end of my monologue. But I'd obviously had done the whole hamburgers, big kahuna burger, like that whole scene. Nice. Um, but yeah, like I say, that got me into uni. They were like thrilled with my audition. So I've had the, the bad motherfucker wallet since since I was like 18. Mm-hmm. So like, I've kept it with me all these years and I've like just keep buying the same wallet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, like, yeah. And now it's got to a point where I have a backup one in my, in my cupboard. <laughs> so like when this one like deteriorates in the lever, I just change everything. What, what did that film mean to you then, that Pulp Fiction? It was just one of the films growing up like it's one of many films and many inspirations I've taken over the years. Like Samuel L for me, one of my favorite actors, like mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, Robin Williams, Matthew Perry, like rest in peace to him and, 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 and Robin Williams, man. That, that really hurt me last year. Like, cause these were, like I say, going private school, I didn't really have many friends unless I was mm-hmm. driven to there. And like, uh, my friends were the TV characters and I could kind of lose myself in, yeah, yeah. in TV and film. And like, I was always mimicking you know, voices and like doing little skits and even like mine and my sister's relationship is still based on quoting funny films to each other. Yeah, and and I I think there was something with like uh, Matthew Perry passing. There was something like that era of Friends, it was repeated so much on TV. You're you're 10 years younger than me, so I don't don't quite know what it was like for you, but for my era, it was repeated continuously. You couldn't put the TV on without seeing it it there. And then it, and then it became, then it was on like Netflix and everything. Oh yeah. And you know, you could binge watch the whole, the whole 10 series again and again and again. And it was, it's an easy watch, isn't it? Exactly. It's a safe watch. I've got um, shows like that Mm -hmm. that I'll watch three, four times a year. I've got like a list of like eight TV shows that I'll just recycle Mm -hmm. at least three times a year. I'm currently rewatching the Big Bang Theory again for like the third time this, uh, like in my last like 18 months or so. Mm -hmm. But like you say, like uh, I was still young enough to remember like watching it, like watching like season six (laughs) with with my sister on TV and waiting 
for like, like oh yeah like back when in Ross the day. is Rachel <laughs> and then I'm just like and then it's Shit. a week <laughs> yeah oh no that one that when uh, that would have been like the season the finale. season end yeah, so, like, yeah I so to, we have to wait like a year for yeah, like yeah. Oh, are they gonna get married my like, kids don't get that my kids don't get that weight of TV now they won't know because like, it's all there yeah it's you do get you do get the weight for between seasons of course still but the weight for each episode is very rare isn't it yeah isn't it week to week mm-hmm. like, I remember like friends back in the day like one of the old like adverts that sponsored it was Nescafe mm-hmm. and don't know why that that advert just sticks with me sticks out yeah just because that's what I remember doing on like mm. a, a Friday night or you know or watching like a Fresh Prince rerun with yeah. my, my, my sister and stuff and because that was that was but it made you feel like those people were part of your lives didn't it 100% million you know. percent and I take that I take that shit personally sometimes because mm. I, when, when Matthew Perry died that particularly hurt me just because of how much I resonated with Chandler Bing as a character mm-hmm. and for me I had literally just finished Matthew Perry's uh, audio book so there's some some biographies like I like to listen to because I like to hear the people read them. Yes. Like I did Matthew McConaughey's as well, just because like that man. Green lights. Is yeah, 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 green lights, <laughs> phenomenal. And just because that man's voice could sell ice to an Eskimo <laughs> man, like he could sell ice to polar bears. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> Have you heard about his Calm app? Have you heard about the app Calm? Nah. No, there's is an he app. doing Calm? Oh yeah, I know there's, Calm. Yeah, there's but, Calm, which is like a meditation yeah, app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he does like bedtime stories on oh, there. Oh shit, man! I yeah, don't yeah, that. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's a it's a big thing actually. I love People that. are downloading Calm just for his just bed- for Matty Mac. Yeah, just for his bedtime stories. <laughs> well, I don't He's blame like, him. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. That's brilliant, man. Yeah, That's so yeah. sick. It's time to get yourself in a bed. You want to rest People, your pretty little head on that pillow? That's it. People love it. So that's awesome. Yeah, but some of these some of these people um some of these stars like Matthew Perry uh, like you said Robin Williams as well yeah, they were so in- influential in our lives 100% you know that it goes back to where the things that you want to achieve you're like okay like if I can get to where you know their level where they are and make an impact in the way that they did that sounds That's pretty fulfilling doesn't it exactly like because mm. realistically for that for me like growing up, you know, watching Robin Williams, Samuel L. Jackson, you know, watching all these films like collaborated in my head, you know, gangster movies. I used to mm-hmm. love like, well, I still do, but like Goodfellas and the Batman films, you know, even the ones with Clooney and like the nipples on the Batman. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, Batman yeah, yeah. Like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger being like, <laughs> I used to meet you. <laughs> like all the bad puns yeah, and yeah. all of that. Like that's that was, that was me as a kid. Like mm. I just wanted to be these characters and I wanted to be, and obviously, if they influence me like that, then that's that's what I want. And this goes back to me like trying to influence like the world positively. Like if mm-hmm. I can be the inspiration to a kid that's just like me dreaming about it, then that's tick tick, that's job done. Because I think a lot of performers and a lot of actors will get into it for not only their self fulfillment, but because of what it does for, you know, kids around the world. Take Johnny Depp for example, like he goes to like make a wish hospitals and like like terminal like kids and dresses up as Jack Sparrow and he does the the whole you know whatever but yeah that's that's awesome we just I think we just need more more things like that to aspire to in life because there's a lot of bad shit going on in the world and there's I don't think there's enough positivity talked about to to spread it mm-hmm. you know like with with the homeless with mental health with all these people that are suffering like I just think everyone kind of needs a like a positive slap in the face sometimes. Yeah, and, like, and they're having these conversations, talking about it and letting everyone know out there that, that you're not alone, you know, that, that we 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 go through these things. Definitely. You know, you've everyone. had you've had t- hard times. Again, you might look at yourself and someone might look in through, you know, through the window of social media and go, that guy's successful, that guy's living a great life. Yeah. Yeah, 
but today you've opened up about your about your troubles. Of course. Yeah, to help try and inspire and help others. Literally, and I think that is why I'm just so open about it because, like I said like earlier on, like no one likes to talk about the bad shit. And I don't blame them. Like, you know, if you don't want to share that, that's, that's, that's on you. But I know for a fact that if I've ever posted about my mental health or my self-harming on my Instagram and stuff like that, it hasn't happened every single time. But there's the odd occasion where like an ex-friend of mine or ex-friend, like an old friend of mine or a, a past mate who I've lost contact with mm-hmm. will send me a DM and been like, seeing you talk about this has made me open up to my boyfriend or my mom or my dad or my, my sister brother or someone or has made me want to go to therapy and, and talk and like just thanks, you know? And I'm not trying to like big myself up here or, you know, be like Mother Teresa or nothing like that. But like, it, it's not... I wouldn't say satisfying, but it's it's nice to know that my openness has helped someone mm-hmm. because that's the only reason I kind of I'm so open about it. Like when I was growing up, like there wasn't you know you know blokes should be blokes and you know you got to provide and you got to be the man and mm-hmm. like, if you fall down you should just get back up. And don't get me wrong, there's some aspects of life where I do believe that I do just have to pick myself up or I should be the bloke or. You know, I should just, you know, stand up for my life. If anyone like, like ask me for a fight or something, then well, yeah, I got, I got to be a bloke here. I got, I got to throw it down. But you know, at the same time, like, I do feel like getting in touch with your emotional side and your mental health is, is something that ain't done enough. And like, just I, I'm no stranger to crying, man. Like, just, just sometimes it's no. just cathartic. No, like, man. You know, at times, you know, men have been told you shouldn't cry. 100%. And particularly men, you know, especially, and yeah. especially we're, we're told, you know, we've got to suck it up and uh, and get on with it. Yeah, definitely. But, but that sucking it up too much can be painful, can't it? 100%. And mm-hmm. that's what, you know, eventually leads to like me, like I was drinking 24-7 at uni and and self-harming. And don't get me wrong, like I'm not saying that because you know, everyone struggles, you know, men, women, non-binary, however you identify, mm-hmm. everyone goes through some shit. Everybody. And like, if you ain't, then you're lying. No disrespect, but you lying. <laughs> and um, I just don't think there's there's a, enough of us that feel comfortable. Number one, because it's not it's not easy to just speak candidly about this. It, it really isn't. And mm-hmm. for me, I don't know why I've always felt so comfortable talking about it. I don't know. I don't know whether it's just my like my innate performer mindset of just like yeah, it's no. Do you know what I'm getting me. from you? I'm getting from that you can see it's important. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's important. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't have any. You know it's to, important for that, that maybe that one person that, that listens to this. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, you, you're doing it for that one person That's that it, you can make a difference to. Because I didn't have that that mm-hmm. one person. You know, I, I didn't have like, hey, well, A, I didn't really grow up with mad social media. Because like, well, I'm 93. So like the internet didn't really come mental, mental, like, like Windows 95, you know, that was, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like dial up. Yeah. Like, I remember like trying to Windows play. Windows ME. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> XP 2004 for me yes. with the blue background yeah. and the green taskbar. AOL dial up. Bro, that shit was mind blowing. There's yeah, a green yeah. taskbar and a blue. Yeah, yeah. And, the bl- and you could like have separate usernames, raw. Like that, that, <laughs> as a kid, I was like, shit, that blew my mind. Now, like mm. I barely use a laptop. I've just actually just bought one because I, I, I bought one in Black Friday. I didn't get a chance to open it until like Christmas though because mm-hmm. like, I've been so busy. But it's the first time in about, I'd say my uni year. So we're talking nearly 10 years where I've had a laptop that actually works properly. Yes, yeah, so My yeah. old laptop was just basically- well, you can do so coaster. much on your phone now, can't you? Like the technology's just exploded, hasn't it? Everything. I literally bought the laptop because if I eventually 
well, a it just it's just a bit cleaner to have mm-hmm. something a bit more professional. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and like, well, it depends what you're doing. Like, so for me, like I've got a laptop for video editing. Of course, you can't quite. You can do you, amazingly. You can do some of it on your phone. Yeah, but, but not, it's not. You know, not to not the level. There. Um, yeah. And it's it's to do with the size and the functionality of it as well, you know. Yeah, and exactly. Like I've mm-hmm. always I've always like tried to buy my phone as well. Like luckily mm-hmm. I'm in a position to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like I feel like for me like I have so many self tapes and because COVID really did like casting directors a massive favour. Yes. Like it was going that way anyway in the industry. Yeah, like, I'd done a couple of pre COVID. I'd done a couple of self tapes. Same. And I'd had a, and I'd got all the equipment. I'd actually got all the equipment yeah, there I to do it. Yeah, I ring light the whole night. Yeah, but mm. it wasn't kind of it wasn't done every time. No, there was no, still a lot of still a lot of in, in person. Whereas now, pretty much everything. Yeah, it's rare I'm called in mm-hmm. for an in person audition. I actually had one at the start yeah. of the year, which again can't say much about. But if I get it, then it'll be massive. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm hoping like I hoping that everything that's holy, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, like it's the first time where I've actually felt like I smashed an audition, and I think because a lot of the roles I get cast for are you know the big guy, and mm-hmm. I just feel like my physicality and me, my presence, like I can't. You got to lean that. into who you lean into who you are. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I can't I can't show that from a camera. No. Don't get me wrong, I, I can. Because I've had work. But the other problem as well is I I may be wrong, but I don't believe that you're getting the full opportunity. I, I can almost see it like they're asking, back in the day when you went to an audition, there may have been 100 people seen in that day. Whereas now they're yeah. seeing 1,000 people in a day. Oh, plus, yeah. And I bet they're looking at five seconds of your tape, if not that. Exactly. They're and going, no, look, does he look right at that moment? Nope, click, gone. Done. But, you know, all that work that you put into it. All that, you know, all that time and the energy. Retakes and yeah. having to worry about, like, because some of my mates, like, having to worry about... Like, so it's great the, for the agents. Yeah. Great for the casting directors. Not as great for us. But not as great for the artists, for the opportunities. Of course. But I, I do still believe, like, things are better as performers now than, mm-hmm. they've, than they've ever have been. Like, the strike last year, obviously, with the advances in AI and... Like, I can't lie, I was scared. <laughs> because, yeah. like, when, when you hear about the Americans going on strike, like, you know something's got to be up. Like when Hollywood shuts down, it's just like, damn. Because like, the writers obviously had a strike as well. So it's yeah, like, yeah. this is the first time in however many years. Mm-hmm. And like I say, luckily last year for me was really busy despite all that. But, you know, things things shut down, especially for I found with background work, like supporting artist stuff, extra stuff. A lot of the American like programs and things like that, like there's new studios popping up everywhere. Yeah. And a lot of the American shows are filmed over here. Yeah, we've got a new studio being built over here, a new Apple studio. For Apple TV is being yeah. built over here. We've got Warner Brothers Studio over here. There's one for Sky as there's well that's being yeah. uh, built. And there's one there's one in uh, Wolfen Cross. So obviously, mm. I, I live in Hoddesdon, so I'm... Is it, we, we are in a great country for getting involved with the film industry. Definitely. The UK is great. It's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. There's a lot of American mates of mine that have come mm. over because the opportunities over here are generally quite decent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can imagine a lot of them say that. This is like the real Hollywood is actually over in the UK. Yeah. It's actually like East London, West London. You know, that's where it re- is really happening. Yeah, there's more character, right? Um, like it's, yeah. It's where like you see all these quirky things. and mm. Don't get me wrong, like, I love London as a city. Like, absolutely love it. And I've done a little bit of travelling in the States, but there is something about London which just, I don't know, just kind of hits you in the face a little bit different. Mm. I think there's something about the British. Like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. We've got something. Well, there's, there's something in the work ethic, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. A bit more blue-collar, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely feel like, like you say, like, this is my The, big the opportunities thing, like, are here. Yeah. If you want uh, them, of course, you can if go you want them, you, you can, can get them. Go and get them. Which is great. And mm-hmm. I considered doing a Masters, actually, a postgrad out in the States at one point. Because I'm in love with Chicago. 
like uh, since since my my youth, since watching mm -hmm. Space Jam for the first time and finding out the best basketball player in the world was also called Mike. Mm -hmm. Like that just sparked my love for basketball, the Chicago Bulls, and consequently the city Chicago itself. Mm -hmm. And I didn't actually visit until I was like 25. Um, but like you know, when you build something up in your head, and when you go, it ain't that great. For me, Chicago was the opposite. Right. Okay. I went and I was just like, "Damn, I need to live here yesterday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I need to do whatever nice. it is. I need to go." Um, and like obviously, shout out to Chicago. Like it's it's an amazing city. And obviously, I got to a point where. I went out there, I auditioned, and the, the guys who were obviously running, so I went to audition for DePaul University, which is like one of the biggest theater schools out there. Mm -hmm. And it would have been a three year MFA, um, like masters in fine arts, but I went, did my audition, killed it, felt really good. And obviously then afterwards they sat down, they set you down one-on-one -on -one for like a little Q and A. Mm -hmm. um, no different to kind of how we're just chatting informally right now, but there was three of them in the table and you just kind of spoke. So for me, they were just like, so you're British. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, this <laughs> is like, why, why have you come four, five, 3,000 miles to, to be here? And I was just like, honestly, and this sounds dumb, but I've been in love with this city since before I even knew what this city was like. Mm -hmm. And obviously, like, I, I, to sweet talk it a little bit, I was like, the course looks great, and it did, you know? And I think like, I would really be able to build as a performer here and not just that, just build as a human. And eventually I got shortlisted. Uh, they basically said to me, like, if one of the American students doesn't pick us as priority, you know how like we've got UCAS over here and you right, have your choices? Same there. This, they have a similar sort of thing. So it's like, if, if none of them pick us as your first as our first choice, then you're in. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. But realistically, I'd have finished my MFA probably around age 29. And I, if, I, if I had gone out there for three years, I've had a, I would have had an amazing time, of course. But I wouldn't have been in Top Boy, number one. Mm -hmm. You know, massive Netflix show. I wouldn't have been, you know, for the five, six seconds I'm in that. I wouldn't have got uh, Gangs of London because that was another extras job I did that eventually somehow managed to parlay into a feature and an on-screen death. It sounds like to me, like the things that sometimes go slightly a little bit wrong or not how you want them to go, they actually start to work out. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that I, and I, I'm like, I'm not like super religious or anything, but you know, ra being raised as a Greek Orthodox Christian, like mm -hmm. I, I kind of, you know, I believe in God and I believe there's a higher power up there and- Definitely, yeah whether it's God quintessentially or whether he or she is running game or I don't know, whether it's, like, I'm talking to Zeus and Hercules, whoever it is, mm -hmm. like whoever's up there or whatever's up there, I like to think that it is just part of the plan. And don't get me wrong, I know I'll probably get some some shade for like, if, it's, if there's a God, then why is there disaster? Why is there like child slavery? Like all this bad shit in the world, why mm -hmm. is that? And I was like, you know what, I can't answer that. Maybe if I get up to heaven and I'll ask him. But realistically for me personally, it's just how I kind of semblance myself. Mm -hmm. and it's kind of how I get through like you know take it call it karma whatever it is sometimes stuff doesn't work out because other stuff is coming and you just kind of have to be patient and if you carry on cracking on like you do then the good things will come and I have tried to live by that you know motto if you will like my whole life you know just do you and things will come and things will happen yes it's terrible when bad stuff happens it's terrible that I had to go through self-harm as a you know, 17, 18 year old. It's terrible that I had to feel the need to do that kind of stuff. It's terrible that we all go through heartbreak, we go through loss, we go through death, we go through all these things. But at the same time, we're all blessed to be here and we're all lucky that we still get to be around people we love and you know, still be genuine and still have good, good vibes and good times. Mm. You know, like this right here. Like, yeah. This is this has been 
you know, exhilarating for me. Like, it is it's nice. It's, it's good. I, I'm, lo- I'm loving it, mate. Same. I'm, loving I'm it. enjoying chopping it up. You know, we've just met and we're sitting here. And, Literally. And you know, gone through your whole whole life story. Chatting and, like we've been mates for 10 years. Yeah, exactly. It's and beautiful. Is, I don't know. I think that A speaks to both of us as people, mm-hmm. but just, just to how how anyone can just be anyone. It's one mm-hmm. of the things I love about the industry because everyone It takes a little meet. while to get to that as well though. Like Definitely. discovering who you are may, may not happen overnight. And I think for me, it didn't quite happen for a long time. I think it's only a recent thing for me. Yeah. It's discovering who I am and what I'm about. And, and and this podcast is like a big thing of what who I am and what I'm about now. What do you feel like was what, like one of the main... Because for me, like it was, it was a finding like lifting and finding some confidence in myself that actually made me think like you know what maybe i'm not perceived as the guy that could just murder everyone mm-hmm. in the room <laughs> maybe i am just the bubbly person that my mates yeah, yeah. face value like you see me you're gonna cross the street but, right, yeah, but yeah, if okay. i'm like in my sweats and my like i contemplate wearing trainers but i'm out here in like my sliders in, and my socks yeah just, just how, being, being you being my authentic self yes yeah yeah i i'm out like i say this to my partner all the time mm-hmm. like one of these days if i do get famous and we're together like you're going to be all glammed up and I'm going to look like a homeless person. Because you know you're going to still be you. Yeah, because but you know yeah. what? She's like, I kind of love that about you. And I was just like, yeah, I kind of love that about me too. Like, nice. I'm, I'm just me. Yeah. And that's when I kind of clocked like, yeah. I was I was comfortable enough in my own skin. When do you mm. feel like you were the, like you say, like- I think I had like to go like through that? like a, a dark period. I had to go through, I think I had to go through, my wife had cancer really badly. She's been, Shit, sorry, she's been ill for, for 10 years, but it got really bad. Um, got really bad just as COVID was finishing her cancers. Um, and it, there was this period of time where I didn't know it at the time, but there was like this big black cloud that was constantly over me. Yeah. Um, depre- it was depression, it was what it was. Of course. Um, I felt like death was following me around. And yeah, and I think I, I absolutely had to break yeah. as a person. I tried to be so strong for, for her and for my kids as well that I wasn't breaking down. But then once it was over, once she was better, yeah, she's 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 not going to be she's not fully better, but the worst of it is over, which is good. Um, but once that once that was over, and that chapter had ended, then I was like, yeah, I just had to I just had to then just breathe and collapse and have my have my crisis moment, have my dark moment, have my dark time. Um, and I'd say that that kind of lasted for about a year and a half and I had to get lost. Didn't know where I was. I re- assessed everything, looked at all the failures I'd had in the last 20 years and all the things that I've not succeeded. And I had to like, yeah, I had to have a moment of just being lost. It, and I think sometimes like you need that. Like, firstly, like, I'm sorry you've ever had to go mm. through that because... Well, we do we do all have tough times. We all do have different things, don't exactly. we? Exactly. And like, you know, if anyone is hurting, like I hope whatever it is, you you know, you're healing as well. Like mm-hmm. I hope something can heal you and you find some solace in something. But like you say, like I feel like <clears throat> despite that being, you know, horrible and terrible to go through, like you say, I feel like you have to sometimes get lost in yourself to mm-hmm. come out the other side. Yeah. It's cliche, but like for me, my rock bottom was university, like, you know, cutting my face. With, mm. with a razor blade like you know like a regular just Gillette like that I used to shave my head like yeah, yeah. is you know cutting up my face and like there's a there's a, a lyric that I wrote to myself a few years ago it, got, it gained a bit of traction on my TikTok um, and I started that in COVID just because I was bored and I needed something to manifest my singing stuff and I still run it today so mm-hmm. but I threw up a cover and um, one of the lyrics was like uh, what did I write I said um, 
I never slipped my wrist, but used to fuck my face up. Um, and like, I know that that shit's messed up, but you have to, you have to kind of hear it. I'm paraphrasing myself a little bit, but like, it was never a case of like, for me, like that was rock bottom, mm -hmm. you know? I'm gonna go and seek out a bit more of your music. Where do where do I find it? To be honest, there's nothing like officially. Are you not, are you not putting stuff out on like I SoundCloud? Or I want to. I want to. So what's um, stopping you? Uh, honestly, it's having the knowledge to produce. So one of my all-time best mates from back in the day. There's there's a, there's a group of three of us. Um, my mate Rob and my mate Sam. We were all kind of in like school band together, um, and like you know in the house music, just doing silly stuff. And we've been like the closest of mates for you know however long we've been the mates. You know, 10, 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, so my mate Rob, amazingly talented guy. Uh, shout out Rob. Shout out Sam. He's uh, he's between here in Los Angeles. Because um, he went out there to do his masters in, uh, like he his masters was in, and he'll probably correct me or scrutinize me if I'm wrong for saying this, but composing for film and like scores, like scoring for film. But the, Rob's brain is is brilliant because he can write all these luscious soundtracks and these beautiful like contemporary scores that you'll hear in in like a Scorsese film or mm -hmm. in like something visually brilliant, you know. But then he can also like help me produce a hip hop EP. And we did have a little time where we started writing some stuff like where we were in between sixth form and uni and trying to figure out what was going on. Mm -hmm. But realistically, we never put anything out because I think we both kind of felt that that was, that was poignant for the time who we were as people. Now though, we are, we are adamant of getting back in the studio and throwing some work together and actually trying to get my voice like heard and trying mm. to get his music and our music that we create sounds together. like it's the time to do it it is and i feel like we're both ready yeah and like, like i say at the moment like uh we're just uh yeah we're just trying to book some time in just organize it 100 percent. a date literally get that, it is, done. that is it and obviously i'm trying to catch him before he goes back to los angeles mm -hmm. um for a couple because it's a blessing to have these people in your life you I'm, know? I'm so lucky because all like my closest mates are either in the industry or you know Mm -hmm. in well support of someone who is or in yeah. that kind of vibe but like i say like we started uh creating and then we like we just we just kind of were like you know what like it, it just weren't for us but that is one of my goals this year actually try and put a single out or put something out but at the moment like i say i've just been running my tiktok up mm -hmm. um it's at big man sings um like big man sings yeah yeah, yeah. but <laughs> but um basically i just use it all tags to, below in this video yeah, we'll yeah, make sure yeah. they're all we'll down there. Up, yeah um and yeah, it's just literally just me sitting at the piano doing some acoustic covers. And then on Instagram every year, um, sometimes I'll throw up a slightly larger video of me just rapping. Mm -hmm. And this actually started in COVID. I, it, was, it was New Year's Eve in COVID, so what, 20, 2020, I guess. Um, and I was just, it was just me venting in my bedroom like I'd done so many times. But the difference was this time was just me talking about the year. And eventually that's now developed into something I do every single year. New Year's Eve, I sit there and just kind of chat about how my year's gone. I call it the wrap up. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and because um, it's you know it's just the wrap up of the year and 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 like what's gone on. So anything music wise at the moment is just literally on my Insta or on my TikTok. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't post as much as I should, but obviously work life things get in the way. But it's definitely something I'm actively working towards. For me, like the music's kind of had to take a bit of a backseat just because I've been doing well with the performance yeah, and the acting. And when you are an entertainer in many different fields, like juggling some balls sometimes, isn't it? And 100%. like sometimes you've got to put one ball down while you concentrate on the others because otherwise, like you can't 
do them all at once, can you? Exactly. And but for me, in my heart, like I always know that I can always go back to that. That's yeah. another reason why I bought the laptop is because eventually I just want to start running my own interface and start mm-hmm. producing some of my own stuff. And like I say, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not Dr. Dre. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Rick Rubin. I'm not one of these great yeah, producers yeah. out here of hip hop, but. For me, like I just want to have a knowledge myself, so I can, you know, kind of like understand that and and just have a, a bit of a like when when my people, if I ever go into producing a booth and stuff, like mm-hmm. when the guys are doing what they're doing, I just want to be able to have a cognitive understanding of that. And I think just mm-hmm. for me, it's like it's no different to me going to theatre school or going to drama and getting my drama degree to to learn my craft more. You know, I just want to be able to you know sharpen every every tool in my toolbox, as it were. Nice, yeah. Um, but yeah, music is definitely coming. Good. Um, but yeah, like, like I say, I'm just out here just trying to make sure that everyone. It sounds is, like it sounds like good things are coming for you. I can, you know, you're. It sounds like you're on the path to something. Definitely. What that is, it. I don't know. No one knows. No. But ain't that the part of the adventure? That's the beauty of it. Yeah, that you don't is. know exactly what it is, but you're moving in the right direction. <laughs> Definitely, and I think one of the key things, if there's one one bit of advice I'll say for like anyone, like in the industry, or you know, and sometimes I'll need to take this advice myself, but like. Don't don't compare yourself to where everyone else is because you're on your own path. And, you know, take it from a performer standpoint. You might not get that big audition, but you might get the next one. Your best mate might get something. That's the other thing as well. Be happy for people people's success. You know, like like root for your people, scream for your people, because mm. it's free. It costs nothing. And if anything, it's just throwing some good shit back out there because it could come back and hit you in a good way. Do you know? So like, I think there was a, there's a Kendrick Lamar interview from years ago and he's just like, he says, again, I think I'm paraphrasing, so forgive me, K-Dot, but he's like, I hope all my dogs make it, even if it's before me. Mm-hmm. And I'm exactly the same, man. Like, well, this goes back to like the beginning of this conversation. I wanted to see where where your CrossFit and your entertainment industry work that you're doing, where it all merges and fits. Yeah. And I think we found it. I think that we found that it's in the community. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It's yeah, in with the I'd people agree. that the people that are around you. A hundred percent. Um I've experienced that with this. I wouldn't be raised up to where I'm going and where I've got to so far if it wasn't for the people that are around me, it wasn't for my community. And I think you need to sometimes ask those people in your community for help. Definitely. Don't, don't, you? don't ever stray from your friends. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, even probably ten times out of ten, like your friends will be the ones that pull you through that situation. Mm. And know? they were for me. Yeah, same. They were for me. I same. wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now without them. No. I, I, so. Yeah, God, 100%. Like, I, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for some of my closest friends. And they know who they are as well. Mm-hmm. But like everyone that I ever come into contact with, like, like yourself, in the industry, you know, I can always try and take something positive out of every encounter I have because mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, I've just always loved meeting new people and just bringing, you know, some kind of energy to people. Nice. You know, that's what the whole big thick energy is about. And that's how I've tried to model myself my whole life. Don't get me wrong, I ain't perfect. Yeah, there's days where I'm going to feel bad or there's days where I could snap at my parents or, you know, someone I love or my friends, you know, I could have beef with someone, but... I'll always try and just stay true to, to me, mm-hmm. you know? And you know what? That's okay. Sometimes you're going to get into shit with people and that's just how it is. But as long as you can, A, acknowledge that you're wrong or acknowledge that you are in the wrong for the certain situation, then I feel like, you know, all is forgiven. It's it's one of those things where, like, as long as you can kind of keep spreading positivity and, you know, the good stuff kind of outweighs the bad sometimes. And like I say, I'm not condoning anything, but 
no one's perfect. Hmm. But as long as you're just trying to do the right thing, I don't think anyone can really fault you for that. That's 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 it. Really. That's beautiful. Like, this is it's been really nice, Mike. Thanks, man. I, I feel like we've gone full circle here. Agreed. No, yeah, this has no, been really lovely. Thanks I really appreciate you joining me and thanks, sharing. Man. I'd love to do this yeah. again as well. Man. Yeah, this is, this I think we are going to do it again. I think we're if anything, we're coming back in a year from now. Yeah, I'll give you yeah. that. Yeah, we'll see yeah. what's up. And I, I'm actually, I, I was going to have one question for you, but I have got two last questions for hit you. Me, so, if you in a year's time from now, okay, what are you going to say to yourself? You made it. You're here. Be thankful wherever it is you are. It, like if, if you're famous, if you're not famous, if you're one step ahead, if you've got another job or if you've got something good, if you've still got good people around you and good things going on, that's all, that's all you can ask for. So like to, to 2025, Mike, you know, I'll be approaching 32. If I'm, you know, if I'm married, if I've got kids, if I'm doing good things still, if I'm still talking the same shit I'm still talking and just be, if I'm turning up to things in socks and sliders and you know a baggy t-shirt there's there's not much more I can really ask for man lovely that's it now I'm dialing that time machine back hit me right and we're gonna go back to that kid that was struggling yeah do you know what and I think uh, I said this when I made it to 30 but if I could go back to you know that chubby kid with no self-esteem, you know, who had some mad, mad self-loathing going on and didn't like anything about himself. If I could go back there, I'd give him, A, I'd give him a massive hug and say, bro, it's going to be cool. Don't worry. I know it seems terrible right now. But the second thing I'd do is I'd thank him. Because without that kid, without his struggle, and without going through what he had to go through, you do not see what's in front of you, sitting across from you, talking this talk and being positive and spreading love. And you, without him, there's no big thick energy. There's no Mike. There's no Michael. <laughs> there is no Michael Christopher Kumas. There isn't. Because he laid the foundations for what yeah. became what I am. Don't get me wrong. I'd like to say in a year's time, in 10 years time, I'd like to look back at me and give myself a hug and be like, thanks, because I made it, I'm here. But to that kid back there who was, you know, drinking, cutting himself, you know, hating himself, trying to just get through life and get over whatever he was getting over, all I can say is it's cool and I love you and thank you because without you, we wouldn't still be here. Nice. Thanks, That's beautiful. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, appreciate Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you. Love Cheers, mate. It's been lovely. Yeah, appreciate that. Brilliant. That was the BTS Creative Academy podcast, Uncut. I appreciate you joining us for this conversation. If you'd like to find out more about the BTS Creative Academy, just search BTS Creative Academy. And so that you don't miss out on any future conversations, don't forget to like and subscribe.